This week in league, a Sam Birds embarks on a one-man crusade to determine if his brother George has the biggest cock in the NRL. It's not hyperbole to say that Ben Roberts was the MVP of the first annual hyperbole. Not content to just perform like he plays for another team, Benji goes one better and dons another team's jersey. Plus we preview all of the action for round 23 of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 133 of This Week in League. I'm late. And I am the ghost of Glenn. The ghost of Glenn. The ghost of Glenn, because Glenn killed himself. Well, At least, I fucking should have, Nathan. Yeah, and Dr. Sexy died too. Yeah. And I'll tell you, oh, didn't the fucking... Dr. T- sexy and his sexy patient. Didn't Twitter, didn't, didn't Twitter fucking just uh, dissolve into tears over, not you, but um, yeah, Dr. Sexy. Oh, I did, I'll, I'll miss Dr. Sexy's shirtless runs along the beach, or what, whatever he does in that show. Yeah, I actually created an account. Like, I don't, you weren't you weren't watching Game of Thrones at the time. But you since caught up. Yeah. Like when the when the the, the Red Wedding episode, like there was a, a Twitter account started up called um at Red Wedding Tears, <laughs> and just basically all it did was just retweet people going, "I'm never going to watch this show again." Fuck you know, and, and oh, you know, I never cried so hard. Yeah, you know, shit like that. That's awesome. So I started up an account called Patrick Tears, <laughs> <laughs> and um at Patrick Tears on Twitter. And just retweeted. I just went on the offspring hashtag and just going retweet, retweet, retweet. All these women are just fucking losing their minds. <laughs> I had at least two of uh, my very best female friends tell me that um, they're not interested in watching television yeah. slash offspring at all. Yeah, guess what? They'll watch it. Uh, as you're listening to the show, they'll watch it tonight and fucking <laughs> and lose their fucking minds all over again. You watch. Yeah. <laughs> so look yeah. at the end of the day, clearly. There's been some behind-the-scenes words between Dr. Sexy, Matt Lenevez, our friend, and still owes me Jersey, just saying. Um, and us. And we can officially announce now <laughs> that, that Matt Lenevez is going to be the third host of the show moving forward. Oh, fuck. <laughs> How inadequate would I feel sitting next to... It's okay. It's easy sitting next to you every week. All right? Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just the cocks you've got to struggle yeah. with. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we don't do the show pantsless anymore since I put my foot down. And I yelled. Onto your penis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, this... Enough's enough. I can't keep doing this. But I'm not going to be out-sexied by Dr. Fucking Sexy. Well, it's it's, it's in his... I mean, he's Dr. Sexy. I mean, (laughs) mean, what 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 does he do if he doesn't do sexy? It's it's in his job description. I mean, what's what's the guy going to do? Anyway, so, uh, yeah... Patrick Tears, love it. Patrick Tears, so get on because I know there's going to be another. And the thing is, I sort of I didn't look at it yesterday or today, but I looked it up. You know, this was aired on Wednesday night. I looked at it probably Monday, and still fucking 17 minutes ago. Oh wow, I can't get over fucking. <laughs> fuck me, dude. What the fuck? What about the people um, sending messages to Offspring the band? Yeah, that was pretty funny, eh? Did you read about that? Yeah, Noodle said, oh, you know, the prick does it, yeah, had it coming or whatever. Magnificent. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Magnificent. Yeah. It was, so, um, yeah, Twitter, once again, it is a gift that keeps on giving. R.I.P. Dr. <clears throat> Sexy. Speaking of Twitter, before I get into tweets this week, I've got some screen captures that I'd like to show you and get your thoughts. Oh, God. This is not any, this is not derogatory to you. It might break your heart, but uh, there's been some discussions on the back channels, and a couple of people have had some theories about possibly who are... Uh, the uh, Glenn Blakely wannabe is. Right. Glenn B underscore wannabe. And um, I want to show you some screenshots. 
that perhaps he's tripped his fucking self up and uh, and maybe revealed himself. So it's definitely not me. If if that's no, what you're getting it's not at, you. it's definitely not Nicklin. No, <laughs> I want you to look at. I want to show you this suite first. The one by Glenn B. Wannabe. See that one? Another brilliant performance by the yeah. asterisk undefeated. So for starters, he's, he's stupid because he says it's not. It's undefeated asterisk, not exactly. asterisk undefeated, right? Exactly. So then, if you look at these tweets from this person, what's he do? Right. Asterisk undefeated. Right, right, so what right. do you make of that? Do, do you think he, that he's, he's fucked up and revealed himself? There's, I mean, it would indicate that there's either two people that don't understand the hashtag, which is, or the the undefeated asterisk thing. Which we pretty much say it like that, like, you know. Yeah. And always have. Yeah. Or they're one and the same. Or, at Gotta Love Keefe, <laughs> could have unwittingly revealed himself to be the Glenn Blakely wannabe. Fuck. It makes, it makes sense. And you look in retrospect, the style and stuff like that. Gotta love Blakely. This, yeah, gotta love Blakely. He might have to change his name too. So that mystery could be solved. And, um, you know, we had a lot of suspects, but he was one of the last ones. I was hoping it be, you know, like... Ninja or someone? Or? No. <laughs> Why would I hope that? I don't know. He's a fucking ugly, ugly man. It just happens to be batting above his average. Bradman style. Who, who'd, you hope it was, who'd you hope it was going to be? No, no, not a person in particular. I just thought, you know, he might have been a, you know, very attractive blonde lass. Um, or, okay. you know, a Poly- Polynesian <laughs> gent of some, you know, Bill with a few tatties smothered in okay. whatever. On to the tweets for the week, though. Bernard JKD said, uh, I can already do my first episode of Hash Benchy Watch live from Auckland, it seems. <laughs> episode is entitled is titled Hash Giving Mick the Blues, and then he's gone Hash Respect in Decline. Yeah. And Bernard, of course, couldn't do Cat Watch this week because of uh, he's on holiday in New Zealand for three weeks. So I'm... Um, Annie O'Brien. Didn't you try and enlist someone else? I did. Sam sent me an email. And what did he say? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like fucking, he sent me an email, like a fucking like gigantic email with a detailed appraisal of the fucking game of the Cat in the Hat. So that, that's coming up. Um, what about Sam, who works for Adidas, walking through the, the cafeteria. cafeteria of Adidas in a pair of Mizuno running shoes? Yeah, and that's not a that, fucking idiot. That's a bit and of, nothing else, probably. Yeah, and that's and, and that's a bit of a no-no. He said that to us in the past that mm. like you know you got to make sure you don't wear anything other than fucking out of those shoes and stuff in in the office. Yeah, yeah. So that's a big no-no. He's probably he's probably fired and homeless now. Um, Annie O'Brien said, as a relatively new listener, I don't understand why Glenn is so happy to mock the size of his own cock. What have I missed? Yeah, you missed anything. It's it's just fact. I don't tell lies. <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm I'm not here to impress anyone with the size of my penis. I'm not you know. Putting it out there on Instagram or things like that, it's it's not very big. I'm not here to deny it. <laughs> but I've got a massive set of nuts, so it's disproportionate. I don't know how that happens. What is that? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Me either. I should probably get that looked at. I'm not a biologist. <laughs> um, at underscore fluffy fish underscore. I blame this week in league for making me Google the George Burgess selfie. They made it sound so enticing. <laughs> Seriously, dude. After listening to the show, you had to fucking go there. You made your, you made your own bed, man. You dug your own grave. Exactly I mean, right. I don't know what to tell. I don't know what to tell you. But I mean, quite frankankly, you brought it on yourself. That's for sure. Uh, Mup twenty three. Over in uh, Europe for a, a while now, but uh, he said... Last European tour. Yeah, I think... What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have downloaded the wrong podcast. This Week in League is actually funny in hash Amsterdamage. 
Fucking dare you. He's having, oh, he's having he's there in the and you're getting all coffee. cultured wearing pants and well, all of a sudden well, he's going to slag us off well, now. Then, well, then we're funny over there when he's got culture. So maybe, you know, it doesn't, doesn't appeal to like, you know, dumb cunts like he used to be before he got European culture. What does that say about the rest of our listeners? Well, everyone else thinks it's hilarious. So they're, well, already, right. they're already at that As culture point. Yeah. Oh, all we've done is improve mups. Yeah, exactly. Cultured. Dashing Dan 1 said what kind of cunt manly fan crows about winning 90 to 16 over the eels for the season and he's gone hash shit cunt hash real talk Um, what kind of cunt manly fan Um, this kind of manly cunt (laughs) fuck 90 to 16 he's still crowing about beating the fucking North Sydney Bears out of existence (laughs) exactly and you know we did a good job nearly got the we nearly got Potter and and Stewart out I would imagine with our um you know, massive uh, wins over both sides this year. Right, so, you've got to own it. Why don't you compile the total scores between West Tigers and Parramatta Eels this year? And because you only beat them by like four in this in this last game, you know, there's every chance that you didn't... <laughs> you don't even fucking win that on aggregate. <laughs> um, at Evil Conspiracy. Glenn sounded so mild and pleasant in the earlier Twill episodes. Has this podcast slowly jilted him? <laughs> Have I really gotten angrier? I like I like that there's people who've been going back and like you know they're actually like you know interested in the origins and you know all this sort of stuff. So it's good. But um, would really surely I was angry I think, before. No, I think you've always been angry. You probably, I think as time has gone on with the show, I think we've become more like um loose, and you know obviously more comfortable with it. And we kind of know what our listeners are like, and and so we know we can get you know we can you know drop c bombs and everything now. Whereas we used to religiously not use them. Then we sort of use them seldom, and 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 we edit them if they did. And then to be thought, you know, just you know, just let some through, and you know, the world didn't end. Mm. So just get, fucking boom, torrents open. It's just cunt city now. So yeah, um, but yeah, to answer the question, I don't, I'm I'm not sure that um the podcast has jilted you. I think it's the West Tigers. When the podcast started, you have to remember the West Tigers had a very very good season, and I uh, got through to what within one game of the grand final. Yes, second just year. Discussed this earlier tonight. Mate. Yeah, second year. They got within two games of the grand final. But were quite, you know, spectacular. Both of those years, though, they were barely knocked out too. I mean, like they were, you know, it was a very close thing. Like those, but it was soured, spectacular. Soured with a field goal, in and then the, you had the, the last game as well for the first game of that series. And then you had, uh, you know, uh, Captain Lott- Snooze, Lottie, Lottie dropping it, and Captain Snooze coming through and murdering yep. the season. The signs were all there. Murder. And um, and then last year, tenth this year. <laughs> Looking, you know, somewhere Seven in the range eight. of 14th, 15th. Yeah. So really, I think his mood's just, just uh, deteriorated as the Tigers' premiership chances of deteriorating. As the Tigers have declined, if you will. Exactly, exactly. Fucking so geez. it's basically, he's not jilted. Uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's just uh, pleasant in decline. Uh, Facebook, Rob Moore uh, sent us a message on Facebook and said, After hearing all the issues down there, it made me feel a little sorry for Glenn. You see, I know how it feels to be mocked every day for being a Tiger and told we shouldn't be in the league, but as a Cast Tigers fan, I'm realistic and happy to see my team do their best week in, week out. So I wanted to invite you guys to see the real Tigers over here in England. <laughs> see how the fans really do do take shit on the chin and see what it's like if you don't win a title. Ever. <laughs> you probably do take plenty of shit on the chin if you've got your head that far up your own ass. Because it seems like, like hash tigers in decline are looking at a future like our past. That fucking cat. The fuck is wrong with that thing? I'll tell you what. It's still reeling from the last cunt punk. It's going to get another fucking cunt punk. Shut it. 
I've never heard a cat that loud. I reckon. Other than that, you know, when Jamie Soward runs onto the field and he gets all excited. Two things are happening right now. One, Jamie Soward's at my back door through the glass and the cat can see it and go mental. Or two, Ben Cray's at my back door and the cat can see it through the glass. Or three, anyway, they're both there and it's a Dragons 2010 Premiership reunion. Why the fuck would they choose here to do it? Stop it. There we go. That's what it is, I reckon. We'll probably see a cat trot down here any minute through the side window. Anyway, um, where were we? Uh, yeah, so, so, so we're talking about the Cast Tigers. Because um, it seems like Hash Tigers in decline are looking at a future like our past. One fuck all and happy just to be in the league. In serious though, you both should come over and experience the country and the rugby. It's all good. You'll get to see the amazing Justin Carney again. The real superstar Carney. And Soward won't be here long, Hash Exchange. You could both easily get into the London side. <laughs> Uh, That's the second invite to England I've had in a fortnight. Yeah, doing well. I'm doing well on the old English invites. Um, what about... Yeah, go ahead. What about if I stayed at John's house? What about... Would he be able to, like, feed me? It's an expensive job. Yeah, it is. Then, he's, then he'd have to take me to sit with the fat dogs, or stand and chant with the fat dogs, mm-hmm. and buy me drinks. Fuck. He's going to spend more entertaining me for yeah. a couple of weeks than he did flying over here spending two weeks here entertaining his wife if you will if three, you know three, what I mean three weeks but three, well, three in, weeks sorry in, interesting interesting though he lost his fucking wedding ring yeah probably on the last don't day hate. while he was here don't hate I'm lost hating. mine too you threw yours didn't you I ain't fucking throw more what I throw my wedding like ring fucking women you can't <laughs> fuck that bitch <laughs> the real talk with your trifling ass <laughs> So I'm going to throw this ring. Hey, motherfucking ass, you still listening to your job ass girlfriends. Real ring talk. talk. Ring talk. <laughs> ring talk. <laughs> With your hopper wadi ass. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> that's, that's not a line from that song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I just made that one up. Uh, email. Um, Mad Dog. Twitter, maddog underscore no space, sent us an email, said, hey fellas, Mad Dog here, just thought I'd share some info on the Soward slash John convo you guys had in the last ep, I work with Isaac John's brother, and after listening to what you guys were saying, I asked him how his brother felt in regards to the cat and the hat signing. Well, this is going to end badly. He reckons his brother is perplexed by it, John rates himself at least an equal player to Soward and can't understand why they don't just tack an extra 50 grand on his contract and not worry about Soward. His brother said that uh, when he signed his latest deal with the Panthers, he did it mainly out of loyalty since the club gave him a chance. But he had offers to go to the Storm and the Dragons as well. All deals offered around the same amount, about 180 grand. His current deal is two years, but the final year has an option in his favour. His brother's a Dragons fan and wanted him to go to them. He said, I have another coward story that I'll share another time. <laughs> so. Why wouldn't you share them both? That's magnificent. Yeah, um, yeah we've brought, as he says, we've brought that up before. When you look at, at some of the things Isaac John has done this season for the Panthers, and it was a point I was going to bring up later anyway, this whole Soward factor can, you know... You'll set them back. It can, can actually make or break them. Yeah. And I think I'd probably be leaning towards, given, you know, some of the camaraderie that's been displayed from Penrith this year, I, I think... You know, Seward's going to only disrupt that, mainly because he's a cunt. Yep, yep. TJX Plain sent us an email uh, about pretty much everything. Uh, he said, interesting your comments on Fafida only maybe getting a look in as revelation of the year. It seems like he's been killing it all year, and I'll probably get a spot in Sheen's squad for the boys. I was down in Sydney over Origin with the missus, and we are in the Blatchy's Blues section. Whenever Fafida took a hit up, everyone around me would yell out his name Braveheart style. My favourite chant of the night, other than Slate as a wanker, was when everyone would break out into Farfida, Farfida, for no particular reason, even when he's just standing around within earshot. 
they would even say it wrong just because it sounds better than fee feeder fee feeder which just makes you sound like a bunch of cuzzy bros he's definitely the people's champ south of the border you'll even hear Queenslanders praising him and we all know how rare that, rare that is with them being shit fans and all speaking of fucking Queenslanders <laughs> I went to Brookvale for the Titans game while I was there. and sitting in the Jane Shry stand with a bunch of old members behind me going on for ages about how good Cherry Evans is. Then at the end of all the praise, one of the old blokes says, yeah, shame he's a fucking Queenslander, though. <laughs> and then the other, another old bloke replies, yeah, fucking Queenslanders. That's awesome. <laughs> he says, I don't know why people say that stadium's run down. It still holds up pretty well other than the playing field itself. We went on the field after the game. That turf definitely needs to be upgraded. There's state schools with better grass. So I was pretty pumped that Brookie still sells tinnies of to his new. Is there that shit water beer they sell at big stadiums? Also, I enjoyed going there much more than ANZ for Origin and SFS for Roosters v Sharks. Just jumped on the ferry from the city, quick bus out to the ground, then walked to the stadium, out of the stadium to the league's club for the post game presentation. You can't do that at home. Bush takes you half night just to get there and back, and no league's clubs anywhere near the joint. Long live regional grounds wow and he wanted to say we were going to head out to Leichhardt on the Friday for the Warriors game too but it was raining a bit in the Arvo and my hash Tigers in decline shirt hadn't arrived yet <laughs> just keep up the good work the show keeps getting better every week fuck you man uh, thanks for your input Drew Nathan sent us an email um People are really starting to take these email thinking opportunities to tell us stories about players. I've got some that we can't repeat on the show that I made a pact I wouldn't say on the show, but they're pretty funny too. I'll tell you, if, if the person the person who sent me the thing about the East players, you know who you are, and uh, you know if let us, if, if we keep all your your name out of it and everywhere they came from, let us know if I can uh, use them on the show next week because um they're pretty funny. But Drew Nathan, he's got some. Uh, he's obviously uh, from Newcastle area, and he said I've, I've wanted to email you and let you know about a few incidents I had with some Knights players in the nineties. The first incident was with Andrew, the immortal Joey Johns. He was nineteen ninety nine. Through school friendships and associations, I was lucky enough to socially know Matt Gidley and Mark Hughes. So my mate and I were talking with them at the Kent Hotel in Hamilton. In their group was Glenn Grief, a Western Suburbs junior for Glenn, Peter Shields, Danny Bedaris, and Andrew Johns. None of the latter mentioned guys were talking to us or even acknowledging our presence, to be honest. It was around dinner time on a Monday night. My mate's a massive Bulldogs fan. I'm pretty sure the only person he hates more than Andrew Johns was no one he hates more than Andrew Johns. It was early evening, but it was clear the guys had been drinking for a fair while. The night progressed. Eventually, a few jokes were made and the group opened up to us a little. My mate said something to which Andrew Johns mocked. I can't remember the exact context, but it was fairly innocuous and certainly didn't deserve any derision. This was all the opening my mate needed to start giving Joey a spray. I'll pause my story here to point out my mate's about 65 kilos ringing wet and all of it. About 175 centimetres. Andrew Johns was coming off his first Daly M winning season. However, in 1997, Jamie Goddard had broken his jaw in the famous Origin fight. A few pointed barbs were exchanged with Joey, essentially telling us both that we weren't worth his time uh, due to not being footballers. My mate responded, even I could break your jar- glass jaw, and it erupted. Joey went ballistic, offering to f- fight us both. Yeah, to this day, I've not made a comment in this exchange. Glenn Grief was holding Joey back, and Matt Gidley encouraged us to leave. My mate asked me to pretend to hold him back so it looked like he was trying to go Joey, which I did because <laughs> I'm a good mate. <laughs> what about a bloke that has to... Mate, can you just pretend to hold me back, please? Funny. We then left the pub and went to, to get cel- cel- celebratory McDonald's. The second incident was a few weeks later at the Great Northern Hotel in Newcastle. We ran into Matt and Mark again, and while chatting with them, Peter Shields came sauntering over to us. He mouthed off we were lucky we'd left when we did at our previous encounter, as he'd restrained himself, in quotes, from having a crack at us. Considering the nights were about his fourth club at the time, I decided to feed it to him. He was six foot six and 110 kilos, and spent more time going backwards than any nights forward until we signed Adam Cuthbertson. I kindly pointed out that me being 6'4 and a representative basketball player at the time enabled me to have more go forward than he did, so he should probably shut his pie hole and fuck 
fuck back off to whatever back order he crawled out of. <laughs> I believe we signed him from the Western Reds. He then declared that he'd been a sprinter as a kid and could have played basketball but was too good at footy. I told him a blind man with no legs would have more pace than him, so he challenged me to a race. We walked out of the front of the pub and faced up Watt Street in Newcastle. Peter tore off his shirt. I'll admit he was well built and assumed the Kyle Vandekite position like he was coming out of the blocks. He gave me the, the track that we were going to follow like he was mapping an uncharted part of the globe. I summed it up by saying so. Around the block, he nodded. He said whoever came back first was allowed to stay at the pub and the other person had to leave. I agreed. He put his head down, called ready, set, go and took off up the street. I turned and walked back into the pub. He didn't set a very good pace because I finished my beer and had that and had lined up and got another one before he came back in. He still claimed that he won but Mark Hughes told him he'd seen me come back in first so I must have won and I'll shield he left the pub. <laughs> so... Some good, some good yarns there. That's fucking awesome. I actually got, I got another email um, after I did my notes, so let me just uh, get to my email and read it. And this one's especially for you. Oh, fuck. This will go well. Glenn Blakely's All Stars, this one is. Hi, guys. After seeing Terry Campisi succumb to social networking pressure and shaving his head, he got me thinking, there should be an all-time, all-bald NRL team, a Glenn Blakely All Stars, if you will. This is a team of talented players. Fullback, Tim Brasher. <laughs> Winger, Scott Minto and Shannon Hegarty. Centers Adam McDougall and Paul McGregor. He's got he's and he's he actually was uh, uh, DMing me about this team because he was stuck on halfback and I'm like, well, you know, for me, you know, it's got to be Sterlo, but he wasn't bald when he was playing. This is, this is the issue. Alfie wasn't really bald when he was playing. They kind of hung on to it until after right. they retired. And like I said, for five eighth, like you know, Wally Wanker. I mean, you know, tradi- you know. Yeah, renowned ball. He was bald as a motherfucker. Yeah, he still had that kind of, you know, monks sort of ring around. That's bald. <laughs> yeah. I mean... But um, so he's gone Jim Dimmick in 5'8 position. And then he's pushed Campo to, to, uh, to Cat's Hair to 7. Um, Marco Mealy and uh, Mick Wayman props. Jason Hetherington in hooker. Liam Fulton, captain. Of course. <laughs> Glenn, and he's got in brackets, Glenn Blakely doppelganger. <laughs> ben Kennedy, Craig Fitzgibbon, of course. And the, the bench, Jeremy Smith, Matt Guyer, Michael Vella and Reese Wesser. <laughs> I love it. Discuss. Any, any other fight? Because I was sort of saying to him, like, you know, even Ciro would get a run, really. I mean, like, because he was barely hanging on to the... And David Barnhill... Ciro? Yeah. He, Are you he, kidding? He had... He, he was... That, with he that, had a blonde, like a, without a beautiful that, fucking he had a he, blonde he, hair. He had, a wig, he had a wig taped on, and that's why he had the fucking tape around <laughs> the head. <laughs> that was keeping his wig in place. Right. Um, I thought, and I thought David Barnhill was like a... Like like an icon of of because like, he actually had the comb over and he kept yeah. like long hair but like completely bald on the top kind of thing like yeah. he kept it going for way longer than he should have so I thought yeah he might have deserved the run but so everyone um if you want to let us know <laughs> bald <laughs> game would have to be refereed by uh, David Manson yes yes <laughs> I knew you'd fill in the gaps I'll never for me. forget that cunt after he fucking disallowed a try I said I put my foot over the dead ball line when I went to put it down fucking line cunt. This is fucking playing high school football at fucking out, you know. Oh, you wouldn't know at the back of the, the uh, football fields out the back of uh, where uh, Stafford um, shopping no. centre is, mate. That's where we honestly, used to play. You spin me around three times in your driveway. Yeah. I would never fucking clue where I am. We're playing fucking. Uh, we're playing St Paul's. We won the game twenty nine nil, so it didn't really matter. But um, I was still pissed off though because you know, nudie runs and all. All right, <laughs> and finally, um, cat watch this week. In Catwatch, saw the cat in the hat completely drop his bundle, cry over spilt milk, and spend some time in the naughty corner. 
this is actually a really fucking long email, and some of it's not actually on on here. But there's 9,962 people drunk on warm beer decided it was better to get eye cancer watching Jamie Soward's London Broncos play St Helens than head to the pub on a Friday night. I was in attendance, as it's known that para eye and uh, cancer of the eye from watching poor games of rugby league cannot be caught if you watch a game uh, as a replay on TV while wearing dark glasses with three clothes pegs attached to each nipple. I miss Sam. Yeah. Rumours were circulating before kickoff that Wayne Bennett was to attend the game and the change rooms were abuzz, with Newcastle showing a, cl- a desire to purchase rugby league players from retirement homes that smell a little like urine, alcohol and failure. Signs were looking positive that tonight's game was an audition and Sal was in the spotlight. When the bell Sal had grabbed, <laughs> grabbed the game by the horns and skull fucked its eye hole, ducking and leaving with swift footwork that saw him avoid as much responsibility and input as possible, he showed Panthers fans exactly what they'll be getting next year. A nuggety bundle of sweet fuck all wrapped in a generous portion of torn anuses and blue waffles. When he was eventually <laughs> when he was eventually forced to get his hands on the ball, he did lay on the first try with a beautiful pass that eventually saw Willie Manu go in the corner. Sadly, the try wasn't celebrated by his teammates as Willie Manu plays for the opposition and this beautiful pass was an intercept. <laughs> the cat stood his ground, though, and remonstrated with the ref claiming the play should be called back as he thought he saw Wayne in the stands and was clearly distracted. That's about as good as it got for the London Broncos. At 28-0 down, Jamie Sauer was heard telling his teammates that he was going to look for Wayne near the hot dog stand and intentionally got himself simbined for interfering in to play the ball after a break by St. Helens' Alex Walmsley. Upon his return, dejected and sour-faced, Soward has little impact on the game. It turns out Wayne Bennett wasn't there. It was just Scott Minto who'd made a trip over to England for a face transplant. Minto was going to have his face removed and replaced with a busted anus, thus allowing him to live a normal life. The London Broncos did get two tries in late as the St. Helens players left the field early. Coach Nathan Brown's wife had made fresh lamingtons and the guys just love how she puts a little jam in there. She also known to get her tits out after a few beers. The Canada had ended up with one of two conversions, endearing himself further to an English crowd that requires very little from their rugby league player in terms of talent or effort. Final score at 38-10 and the Jamie Soward Circus rolls on. Last stop, Penrith. That is magnificent. It is. Email. It I is. love it. So that's I miss a, him so much. So that's Catwatch for this week. Um, now, we did have the Douchebag 13 thing that we kind of casually dropped last week, and we had a couple of people send us their uh, Douchebag 13s. But I'll tell you what, we'll keep it going for an, another week, um, just to give everyone an opportunity to, to get them in. Um, and, you know, we might, might have time to give a snap back out to the the best one, I think, the best lineup. So, Douchebag 13, tag it, hash, what, hash, Douchebag 13. X, I, I, I. <laughs> Yeah, why not? And uh, yeah, give us your do. And obviously, the people have already done so. No need to do it again because we've got them all down. But yeah, that's that. Cracking week of feedback. news first before we get into the clock um ca photo 10 sent us a tweet and said on triple m today ganane said prince eating into the clock no word on the size of the clock or even if it was a polynesian clock <laughs> <laughs> so into the actual clock itself um Jiral Yaoyi, um Apparently, he's resigned to never playing in the NRL again. Um, he's been sidelined again with his uh, recently breaking his hand in a freak off-field mishap attempting to carry a fridge. It'll injury will set sideline Yayi for six weeks, but as of greater concern is his long-term future in the NRL as he fights his way back from a shocking compound fracture of his ankle. Broncos are doing everything possible to aid Yayi's recovery, but the wingers told teammates he doesn't expect his rebuilt ankle to help him reach the standards required to play NRL. Fuck. He's I thought he tweeted. was making good progress, but... He's since tweeted and said, like, you know... 
No, I'm sure I'm going to be back. Well, you know, but damage control, it's I guess. It's easy to say that on Twitter, but it's yeah. what you say to your mates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With a full off-season, if, you know, at the end of the day, I guess... He might, if, he might have to play all next year for North or something. Maybe. If the He's joint isn't what it used to be and it yeah. can't get back to that level, then... You know, I don't think he's going to be able to be playing fucking second row or wherever he was playing for North there. No. He's not going to be playing that in the NRL, so... No. Sorry story, because that, that kid was fucking something else. And that was a fucking horrific... Probably worst one of the I've worst seen. things I've ever seen. Yeah, worst I've seen. Yeah. Um, touch footy. National Rugby League and Touch Football Australia have today launched a historic sporting partnership representing the biggest boost to participation and game development in the history of either sport. Sam Burgess got in early. NRL stars Sonny Bill Williams, Anthony Minicello, Josh Morris, Matt King and Bo Champion joined Australian music sensation Jessica Mowboy and Aussie Touch representatives Louise Winchester and Steve Roberts to celebrate the first game of the new era at Allianz Stadium. The two sports will work together to create the largest sporting community in the country, which will reflect the wider support that exists for rugby league and the game's commitment to ensuring there is a place on the field for everyone. The new agreement will bring more than 1.03 million participants together, playing in competitions under a joint NRL-TFA banner. This is in addition to the 844,000 girls and boys who currently take part in NRL development programs each year. This will represent the most significant national marketing and participation drive in Australian sport, creating a year-round involvement with the greatest game of all and help Touch Football Australia raise its profile. Wow. And the subtext is, uh, probably gives a massive, you know, brings uh, rugby league's registered participants uh, well in excess of junior AFL and soccer but registered participants, <laughs> which is probably, you know, the the underlying thing behind it. I mean, and let's face it, the AFL's had Auskick for fucking years, so. I think it's a great initiative. Yep. Um, and, and like you say, the, it gives a um, a platform, you know, once, they, once young girls get to a certain age, they can't, um, there's not a great pathway for rugby league, is it? Well, I mean, they did have... Well, I know they right? have yeah. the yeah I know they have the the seniors but yeah. is there a bit of a chasm because when I was looking through Jackson obviously wants to play rugby league next season and um and I thought that the girls young girls can only play up to a certain age maybe but how are the ones go on, then on to represent Australia that's a very good question maybe I've been fed some fucking dirty information there hmm. um, well certainly not going to be as comprehensive as what you know boys as far as the pathway yeah, goes yeah, yeah. yeah. um. But the touch football thing is, um, you know, the participation numbers aside, I think it's, um, you know, it's a good sport. It gives um, kids of any gender or age another opportunity to um, to be active, and um, it's a good way for the for the NRL to promote itself as well, and and gives the TFA a bit of a, a bit boost to its profile as well. So yep. it's win win. Yeah, exactly. Main news, Benji. You've got me fucking thinking about that now. About the pathway for for yeah. women in rugby league, there has to be something, or do they just they just stop and then start up when they turn eighteen or something again? I mean, it doesn't sound right. I know. Yeah, I have to go back to my source. Yeah. They could be full of shit. Let's face it, girls can train martial arts and fight. Yeah, exactly. And that's, class that's MMA thing, yeah. fights. So you know, uh, Benji, departing West Tiger star Benji Marshall has refused to apologise for appearing in an Auckland Blues jumper to announce his impending code switch, but insists the stunt was done at the request of the Super Rugby franchise. The Blues on Saturday released a video of Marshall wearing the Blues jersey he'll wear for the next two years despite being under contract with the Tigers till the end of the season. The incident attracted condemnation from fans and club officials, including coach Michael Potter. Given a chance to say he regretted the video, Marshall instead laid the blame on his future employers. What's done has been done, Marshall said. At the end of the 
the day. That's where my job's going to lie next year. They wanted to put that out and release that. That's over as far as I'm concerned. Pressed further on the anger the incident may have caused some Tigers fans, Marshall said, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. If they feel that way, they feel that way. I had to put out what I what I put out for the Blues' sake. We're not in final contention, so it was the time to do it. None of that makes any as sense. As a Tigers fan, go. I don't have any issue with him announcing that he was going to the Blues, but would a would a, a press conference or or a video address with him, you know, dressed in a suit, maybe with a tie the same colour as the Blues or something like that? It's probably a little bit classier. You know, what about just in a fucking suit? Yeah, or something professional. You know, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's he's just going from disaster to disaster. This last season of his for the Tigers is is what's going to be the lasting memory for a lot of people. Um, not just Tigers fans, but a lot of people in, that love rugby league as well. And um, I've always thought that he, he had a way um, of handling himself in the media, with media, save for the whole Maccas incident, where he come off looking pretty squeaky clean and pretty yeah. pretty classy, um, more far more often than not. But I tell you, some of the things that have gone on this season have sort of tainted that opinion, unfortunately. I think he's probably been ill-advised in that that little video, and um, I think he probably could have, again, you know, just rock a suit. Yep. At the end of the day, thank everyone for their support and, and what you were doing is, is playing for the, for the Blues, and and that's all well and good, you know. I don't, I don't begrudge a guy doing what he thinks is going to be right for his career and whatever went on between the Tigers and him is, is between those parties but as from a fan's perspective it's very disappointing to see a guy that you know many would argue isn't putting in for the club that's currently paying him yep. and, he, and he puts out a, a video address dressed in another um, not only another team but another codes colours um, and says how much he's looking forward to he signed. He either signed or you know went over to meet with them and stuff too, like you know in between games as well. Well, that's like, not. I mean, like missing you know like a training thing. And that's not unprecedented either. But not unprecedented. But do it on your day off or something rather than you know mm. further diminish your input into the team. I tell you, I am so glad he's not a manly player because I fucking hate to turn on manly players, and I would turn on this cunt so much, <laughs> like fucking scorch. I would nuke the entire fucking area. I'd be, I think I'd be he's trolling um, the cunt non-stop on Twitter, telling him what a piece of shit he was. I wouldn't take it at all well. There's a, there are a lot of people that are doing just that. Right, I probably so. subscribe to the theory that um, it's. I'm disappointed, yeah. but at the end of the day, I, I support the club. And and yeah. and if if he's removing himself and distancing himself from the club by way of his performance and some of his actions off the field, then that's going to be on him. And I think the club has shown that. They're willing to be bigger than bigger than any one player, and and that's that's the entity that I support. Of you know of sung Benji's praises, you know pretty much in every fucking week of this show's existence, and yeah. and um, he certainly given me a lot of enjoyment as a fan. But um, his lasting legacy is not going to be a real positive one in the eyes of Tigers fans. Exactly, and that's the important thing. I mean, like you could, you could you could have a girlfriend who gave you a lot of enjoyment. But then when you broke up, you know, and you got herpes, that's what you going to remember. She for crashed it. your car. Yeah, yeah. When she crashed your car, or, you know, you wake up and she chopped your dick off or something. You probably remember that. You'd probably remember that, and you probably wouldn't think of her in a favourable way. No. So Benji's done exactly the same thing. He's he's cut the he's cut the dick off of all the West Tigers fans that he's made sweet love to for a couple, you know, for you know, best part of a decade, I suppose. It's an interesting <laughs> take on things, Nathan. I hadn't really <laughs> thought of it like that, and and I'm a little bit confused, but. Um, 
and and I'll have a strange tingling feeling around my doodle. <laughs> Phantom penis. <laughs> it's not that small. <laughs> Milford. Canberra have slammed the door in the face of the Broncos on Friday, declaring rookie sensation Anthony Milford will not be granted a release from his Raiders contract and there's no chance of playing for Brisbane in 2014. The Raiders, fed up with clubs trying to poach their young talent, have put their foot down, asking the NRL to get involved in the Milford matter to ensure the young fullback sees out his contract with Canberra. And uh, Don Ferner revealed he's been in touch with the Broncos, warning them to keep their hands off their contracted player. He also took a subtle swipe at Brisbane's poor on-field form, saying, while the Panthers were fully focused on this year's semi-finals, other clubs, in quotes, had time on their hands to cherry-pick the rosters of NRL rivals. So, um, rumours linking Milford to the Broncos, and they've been going for a while now, um, they, they revolve around a compassionate clause built into his Raiders contract, which would make him a free agent in the event of a family illness. And uh, his father's in poor health after a recent heart attack, as we've all heard for weeks now. Um, Ferner said, we won't be letting Anthony go. Despite the protestations of other parties, we will not be releasing him. We're obviously sympathetic to the situation with Anthony's father, but we know we can help him manage it by continuing the support he has in Canberra. Anthony is very much in our long-term plans. We're keen to start talking about a new deal, but his manager has told us that he wants to put it off until the end of the season. Um, but he has a contract with us for next year, and he, he will be playing with Canberra. So um, Brisbane can't actually make an official move on him because he's still under contract, but you know they're obviously like, well, you know, if he was to become, you know, available, then yeah, we'd be interested in, you know, that kind of thing. But, um... I just... If this was... If the shoe was on the other foot... Yeah. And the club wanted to cut him, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, would it be... Oh, yeah, okay. You know, like, it, it, far too often... Well, how often does a club actually, like, cut a player? Yeah. Without the request of a player... Exactly. They'll, right. they'll let it play. It doesn't really. It doesn't happen. I'm saying, I'm saying. I don't think it happens very much. When does it happen? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. if the shoe was on the other foot, you know, how would how the, imagine the song and dance that the, the player, player and his, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the player and the manager would be carrying on with. You can't do that. We got a contract. Yeah. Damn straight. Well, guess what? You've got a fucking contract. <laughs> and you know, if if you're that concerned about what what. His dad's obviously unwell, and I'm sympathetic to that. But fuck me, he could be up there. You know, I'm sure if Canberra said, you know, he could go up there fucking once a week, or yeah. you know, for you know, depending on the schedule of the game or something, yeah. he could be up there. They get a couple of days off. Yeah, whatever. Go up there. They probably you, you moved. You moved up to Queensland. Yeah. The old man's still down there in New South Wales. Exactly. I moved over to Japan. My whole family's fucking in Brisbane, so don't talk to me about homesickness, motherfucker. When you're only two hours down the street by plane. Yeah, I just you know, I'm sympathetic you. to to his plight, but I I just don't get the well. I better move now that I've had you know yeah. a quarter of a season. And Broncos are going to throw a fucking water cash at me. Yeah, that you know that's not the thing that everyone's talking about. Everyone's like, oh, you're not going to let him see your dad. Well, do you think the Broncos aren't giving him an upgraded deal on what he's getting at Canberra? Pretty sure that fucking Daly Cherry Evans sees Troy enough, and he yeah. lives in fucking Mackay. Exactly. I mean, come on now. I mean, you know. Barber, he's he's sort of trotted out the homesick thing on account of the fact that his kids get, you know, if his ex takes his kids back up to Queensland, yeah. his family, although, you know, the whole time. And what and the doggies, you know, he, he was up on, he was up, you know, to watch, um, he didn't, they didn't play the Titans down on the Gold Coast, they played him down in Sydney. Mm. But he was up to watch his brother run around uh, in the, you know, in Trust Cup on the weekend. Sure. So, just, guess what? There's a fucking way. Plane yeah, tickets are cheap. You could make it happen and... I just don't understand why, and and especially for Canberra, like it's about time that they did put their foot down. Yeah, I mean, you know, the they've been the players have lost. 
raped and pillaged, you know, and, and it's actually good to see them take a, a you know, a hardline stance. Um, you know, some of the disciplinary issues they've had with other players, um, you know, most notably Dugan and Carney and, and guys like that, you know, they've had to, they've had their hand forced and unfortunately it's come back and bitten them. Yeah. But I, in this case, you know, if they gave a guy compassionate grounds to to leave the club and then he's rocking up for the Broncos and carving them up every time he plays them all. Yeah. How does that work? This compassionate thing is, yeah, it's just, it, the, the more, like I was kind of, you know, more ambivalent like last week probably, but just as I'm thinking about it, I'm just like, you know, fuck that. That's, it's just so, it's just wrong. And imagine if he, you know, you know, as a young kid, he's like, fuck yeah, I've got an NRL club chasing me. Canberra Raiders are going to pay me money to mm-hmm. play rugby league. Yep. This is fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, I think I might want to go back to Brisbane. Well, where were the fucking Broncos when you, you know, and your local yeah. home team? Now you've been developed you... and proven to be a possible, you know, talent. Where were player. they before that? Mm-hmm. So yep. you know, I, who, I just... who they pretty much got the run of the city and yeah, you know, get first choice on everybody anyway, unless they, you know, the kid just comes on miraculously out of nowhere. Yeah. So um, Ferner had some good, a good quote though. He said, uh, "Anthony's been great through all this. He's positive and upbeat. He's still playing very well, and this hasn't detracted from his performances at all. He's a good young kid, and he has a group of good people down here he surrounds himself with, so it hasn't affected him at all. His situation is not unique. A lot of young kids that move to different city for football do get homesick. It's just a fact of life. I'm sure if you ask guys like Mal Meninga or Gary Belcher, they would tell you the exact same thing. And I don't recall with Mal Meninga and Gary Belcher trotting out the homesick thing and trying mm. to get out of their fucking Canberra contract. No, they went about the business of winning premierships." Exactly. So, yeah, Milford, hard and fuck up, son. Um, injury fucking... For, this, this is, I mean, it's an injury problem, obviously, for clubs, but for super coaches, it's disastrous. <laughs> um, this last weekend, the last couple of weeks have just been absolutely ter- terrible. Josh Dugan, Trent Merrin, out for the year. Sam Burgess, obviously, with, you know, his, uh, his suspension, which <laughs> well, I guess we'll get to. He's out for a couple of weeks. You got guys like Farah, He's out. He's not going to be back for you know a couple of weeks. Sutton, I think, has been named. I don't think he's meant to be back this week. Ingles is only just coming back. Um, I'm forgetting a lot of players. That, uh, the Fensum, He's out for four to six weeks. Um, just absolutely nuts. Especially Hodges. Obviously, he's out for ten months. And you know, it could realistically be a career-ending injury for him because he's he's not a spring chicken. He's not old by any stretch of the imagination, but. You know, these injuries with the hamstrings and the Achilles and everything like that, I mean, they only get worse as, you know... And the residual issues, you know, it's another Achilles. Mm-hmm. His last Achilles brought about another wave of, of hamstring issues. Yep. Um, which is, a, you know, it's a compound problem. You so. could say that his Achilles is his Achilles. Oh. <laughs> it's funny. His Achilles heel is his Achilles. I was just talking to a mate when we were at the game yeah. on the weekend. And we were discussing his history with injuries. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he's done his Achilles before. And my mate started to say exactly that. Yeah. Yeah, it's his Achilles. And he realized how fucking stupid that would have sounded, <laughs> and he stopped. <laughs> but, um, no, it's a great, it's great. Um, but yeah, it's just, just fucking terrible. Um, and it's going to really, you know, affect some size in a key way. There's uh, some doggies out too. Who is it? Eastwood? He's out for. Cassiano and Eastwood, are they out for the rest of the season? Uh, I don't know. Well, like, it's, it's like four to six weeks or so. It's something which pretty much amounts to the rest of the season for the dogs anyway because you, know, you have to say top four is pretty much out of the question. They're going to go into a sudden death scenario. And now without Barber, Cassiano, Eastwood, I mean, they're starting to you know run out of options there. 
I mean, T-Rex, you know, they could probably handle him being injured, but it's not going to happen. But yeah, there you go. So good luck, super coaches coming up in the first week of the finals. You're going to fucking need it. Um, now, where are we? Do you want to talk about Mick Potter? I don't. I mean, he's got the boards full full support. Um, <laughs> I think that actually the tide of um, like public opinion is so far behind Mick Potter yeah. and not getting sacked. I think it's actually forced a crisis <laughs> in the board yeah, and so. actually caused some of the board members to, to actually reconsider and think, oh, fuck, you know, maybe we read this There'll situation be a fucking correctly. Revolt if they do sack him. Yeah, I mean, the guy, I mean, clearly, clearly the guy is just like hasn't been given the best things to work with you'd have to say right exactly yeah um and i mean there was a question with uh there's a question and answer thing with uh with uh bulldog richie and grant mayer in the paper today and uh he's asking he's asking him and like grant mayer's trying to be you know a real politician and all that sort of stuff so he gets asked let's not muck around grant will mick potter be here next year and his reply absolutely he has a contract for 2014 and i have no doubt he'll be here so you know the whole, he's a he's got a contract line He's saying, so you're saying that as CEO, but with all due respect, it's not your decision, it's a board decision. Mayor replied, there are two areas the joint venture board agree on, the CEO and coach. In this instance, the CEO is appointed, that's me, and the coach is here until the end of next season. I have no reason to think that will change. And so then he presses him again and said, but if it's a board decision, how can you guarantee he'll be here next year? And he's like, well, how do I know? And he said, yeah, yes, yes, because the board has given every indication he'll be here in 2014. It's just such fucking like political, like yeah. non-committal doublespeak. So you say that, but they're quite obviously rumblings about Potter at board level. You cannot deny that. The fact we're losing football games isn't helpful. The fact we're coming 15th in a 16-team competition always ranges questions. However, Mick has set a path. And remember, he's taken over from a coach who'd been here a long time. Mick has brought different attitudes and training standards to this club. No doubt there have been rumblings, but I have every confidence he will see it through. And he said, can you confirm those rumblings are from board members and not from the media? Not at all. From what I read in the newspapers, there are no quotes in these stories and no people behind it until I'm given some rock-solid information. For me, it's simply addressing the facts, not speculation. And then finally, he goes on to say, does Mick have to look at himself in regards to the poor season? Absolutely. And I think Mick is his harshest critic when it comes to certain aspects about how he's addressed things. Remember, he inherited a club with one week's notice. He's come in very hard and tried to change things very quickly. There's no doubt as part of the evolution, he needs to address how he handles certain situations. And his communication style is one area where he admits he needs to look at. Grant May is an impressive operator. I like how he handles himself. I used to, I mean, obviously I really rated him. You know, his time at Manly was fantastic. He was a legend. And I rated him since at things he's done, you know... You know, the codes and stuff. But oh, he's handling around this. Maybe it's because, you know, the way the board is or whatever, he doesn't have, you know, quite enough power or whatever as, as a CEO to, you know, shut things down a bit. Well, there's only but so much he can do, yeah. but I think he he articulates himself quite well and uh, it's very impressive. And I think some of the things that he's engineered um, and things that he's had to handle, the Benji situation, um, I think he's handled it quite well. And I think the the club has taken a hard line stance um, as a result of that, and and the, I think the situation was re- resolved in the best interest of the club, and that's all anyone can ask. Yep. I think Potter will still be there next year. I don't think they're stupid enough to sack him. I don't think so either. But I always get nervous when when a player when a sorry when a coach has got the board's full support. <laughs> it's yeah, really nervous. Anyway, moving on. Um, the squirrel grip. What else is there to say? Commentators missed it. The refs missed it at the time. Will Chambers, you know, having his nuts put in a vice and, you know, attempted to have him torn off. He certainly didn't miss it. And um, he was rolling on the ground in pain after Sam Burgess reached between his legs in a tackle and appeared to have a bit of a squeeze. So that'll be a two-game suspension. 
with his early guilty plea, which he did take, and so he will miss two rounds. So, you know, not not catastrophic in terms of uh, you know the the Rabideau season at all. I mean, they're certainly going to you know finish in top four no matter what happens over the next four weeks. But um, yeah, uh, I thought the game had got past that sort of stuff. Man, I remember I remember our coach like telling us to do that shit back in like grade nine, like and facials and you know all that sort of crap, like putting your hand over you. Know, Clamping their nose down, and putting your hand over oh, yeah. mouth, and yeah, you know, just, 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 just shit. That's going to be awkward. Just, just shitting, just shitting the tackles, you know, like, you know, just to get them to to jump up and throw a punch. So you know, you get the penalty, you know, potentially simb in whatever, you know, and take the advantage over hotheads and stuff like that. Fuck, this day and age, video on everything. Yeah, you you can't even stand there and and take a leisurely piss in your pants <laughs> when you're wearing black pants and it's not essentially going to show up really doesn't show up. I mean, you, you know, but if you just happen to be looking directly at him at the time and you see the fucking waterfall, I mean, they pick that up. Those damn cameras, I'll tell you. I mean, what... Uh, yeah. Makes you wonder what they missed back in the fucking 80s. You imagine in the 80s and shit, and like... Oh. Just would have been... People would be getting fucking murdered out there. Imagine Ron Gibbs. <laughs> this is the shit he was getting up to. Les Boyd, he was fucking stabbing people. <laughs> like, With tridents. <laughs> but, um... This leads us to think about all the, you know, like the growiest acts of all time. I mean, you know, th- like Hopper. Hopper's obviously come straight to mind, you know. Hopper and have a... Ain't penetrating people with his fingers. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, what a what a, a, a terrible uh, historical thing, position to be in. If you're, you know, Glenn Morrison, Peter Jones, Paul Bowman, you know, get a pro- prostate exam from John Hopper on the field. Yeah. Without <laughs> terrible stuff. Um, what else would there be? Oh man, I can. Well, one, of atrocity. One that we bring up all the time is um when um when uh Anthony Lafranchi had the uh the head wound and Paul yeah. Gallen was sort of you know tried to sort of gouge it open and stuff and getting forced to stitches right. Um, yeah, that was three weeks suspension. Danny Williams or Mark O'Neill? That was a pretty bad one. That's another one that, that's um that's pretty bad as well, and that was eighteen game ban for Williams, and he never played another game. And the thing that I didn't really Hopper like, on Galloway. Yeah, that was that was amazing. I don't that one's not even listed on the. I don't even think it's listed listed on this one here. They've got a list here where it's um, you know they've got some they put like the, the James Graham biting Billy in the grand final. Mm. Uh, I don't remember this one. Uh, Dragons halfback Steve Lenane. Steve Lenane, yeah, I remember. I that. don't actually remember that um, because. I mean, it was a fair while ago now, obviously, but it was, you know, it was over 25 years ago. Yep. But yeah, that's just one that just being probably because, you know, there wasn't as much stuff televised in those da- days. And I was, and when you didn't have the choice of eight games or, you know, didn't have the ability to be able to watch eight games every week, I mean, I probably just, you know, was more interested in manly games, um, especially in 87. But, um. Biggest act of atrocity is manly winning a premiership ever. Yeah. Eight of those magnificent atrocities. Mm. But yeah, he got 20, Lenane got 20 weeks suspension for almost pulling Greg Alexander's eye right out of his head. That's the way they describe it. Oh, he's a gouger. Yeah. That's right. I remember that. Fucking, I knew like, it was, I knew yeah, it was I've a dog. Got, I've got, I have to look it up on YouTube or something because I've got zero recollection of that happening. That just went straight through the keeper. I um, do Danny, remember Steve Lenane being a grub. Yeah. Danny Williams. Les Boyd. Especially Lauren Broman, Broman yeah. 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 That was a big one. Um, yeah, you got the guys pissing on the fields when they pissed on the fields. Um, what else have you got? Um Classy bunch. Terry Lamb there. taking Ellery Hanley out, uh, you know, in the grand final in '88. Um, John Bucklaw break, uh, breaking John Sattler's jaw in the '1970 grand final. Um, what else? That one, that, uh, good. That did him. Yeah. And uh, 
What else have we got? And um, <laughs> there's one here that they say uh, it was uh, 1973 was a vicious year in the competition. Mal, <laughs> Mal Riley and George Piggins stood toe-to-toe at the SCG in a match of the day with fist flying, gouging and whatever else dished out in one of the game's dirtiest one-on-one fights in the game's history. Just a few months later in the grand final between Manly and Cronulla was a running battleground as both teams dished out roughhouse tactics. Um, yeah, wow. the, 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 1970, the 1973 grand final was um, sensational for that. It was, I mean, and once again, you know, if it happened in this day and age, very few players would probably be left on the field. Jesus, <laughs> players, you know, they throw a punch now, they're gone. Yeah, yeah. A one-on-one fight. How how long has it been since we've seen a one-on-one fight? <sighs> Closest we've probably come is is Miles and Gallon. Yeah, Miles and Gallon. Yeah. Fairly one-sided. Yeah, that's a problem. Generally, they put tend the to other players one-sided. pile on before. Yeah. It becomes, you know, and like you had, you had, Brett, you had Brett White and Steve Price as well. I mean, they were they were left to their own devices for, you know, there was it was over by the time anyone really arrived there either. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, usually you do, you get the players like they kind of crowd in, and it's more turns into you know a bit of grabbing and shoving and stuff like that, and the punching side of it kind of deteriorates. You know, maybe they Robbie like, Farrow and Anthony Watts. Yeah, I mean that was you know a nice one sided beating. Well, there's two like Anthony Watts and Robbie Farrow, and then Robbie Farrow's payback later on in that game. Um, Ian Roberts on Gary Jack. Which oh, is still wow. one of my favourites. I mean, fucking Ian Roberts, man. Destroyer. I'm st- I'm, to this day, I'm looking for footage of that. You just can't get it. Yeah, you because know, it's back in the day when the games just weren't that, you know. It's terrible. I just, I would love to watch it again. I remember I remember watching it. It must have been on the news. Or I don't think it would have been the game televised. Otherwise, it'd be easy to get. But um, fucking Gary Jack, he learnt that day. He learnt. Um, but yeah, give us your favourite or, you know, most infamous, I guess. Uh, examples of grubbery. I got a feeling of some that we're going to hear. I mean, by all means. Hash, you... twill, atrocity. You want to make it a bit harder to spell, do you? Oh, what are you trying to say about our listeners? I'm just trying to say. Spell. Yeah, I'm just not not the spelling so much, but we've only got 140 characters. Let's try and cramp it up a little bit and just go like twill grubs. <laughs> How about right, that? That'll do. That only takes up, you know, a couple of characters and then, you know, then they've got the rest to, you know, list their the magnificent grubs and what they did and, you know, why they enjoyed it so much or why they were so disgusted by it. I like the way you think. Recaps, okay, the, uh, what was it, round 22 of the NRL season. Yes. We just had to have a quick uh, tap-out energy break there. Oh, uh, wow. Shit's getting late. Free plug. sponsorship going? Yeah, it needs a sponsorship, tap-out energy. <laughs> Get in you, you know, was it? I, I can't remember what the fucking slogan is. <laughs> it's like, you know, no no sugar and no calories and Zero sugar stay in the fight or something. Stay in <laughs> some, a fight. Some shit like that, yeah. Stay in the fight, is it? I don't know. Something like that. Stay in a fight until you get... Sent off and get a six week suspension or 20 weeks, or you know, if you pull someone's eyeball out or something like that. Um, anyway, the first game Friday night foot bitch, Friday night foot bitch, fucking hell, haven't had enough energy drink. Let's try that again. Friday night football, although it could have been, yeah, foot bitch. The first annual Hyper Bowl, Parramatta Eels 26 to feed the West Tigers 22. In front of a crowd of just over 12,000 people. Now, uh, Parramatta's points came from tries to Ken CEO, Jake Mullaney. Vi Totai got two. And uh we got there, Junior Polo. And of course Junior Polo was his it was his try. Was he was he the the crucial one or was it Tautai? I can't no, remember. Tautai scored but uh, just sent 
magnificently delivered a saloon passage to the line via one of the greatest tries this year ever likely to see from one B. Roberts. Yes. West Tigers, 22. I oh, saw actually, Mullaney got two from four conversions. Uh, Polo got one from one. West Tigers, 22, came from tries to Noffa and uh, double to Corabidi. And that's another guy on the injured list. He's got a fractured jaw, a fractured cheekbone or something mm. now, hasn't he? So he's out. And uh, Tim Simona, of course. And uh, Benji, three from four. And I have to say, credit where it's due, I don't know which one was the one that he missed, but two, at least two of the three he got were like dead set touchline. Complete touchline. I mean, he's got that in his game. That's why he's... he's he was gone. trying his hardest to win this. I mean, he was actually hitting goals. He was trying. <laughs> I don't know about his general play, <laughs> but he's goal kicking. Yeah. He's, I'm off to Union now. All we'll we do is learn to kick goals. Yeah. Check. Get Daryl Halligan in there. <laughs> Give him some fucking extra... extra if ever goal. there was... Um, you know, I've denied this Tigers in decline bullshit all year. Um, and last year too, actually, didn't it? Didn't you? Was it last year as well? Well, one hashtag of the year last year, so I must have started up at some point. Oh, fuck, has it, I've been enduring it that long. Um, back to back, decline, Pete. 2013. If, if we get knocked off by a team that is yeah. running last and also got the wooden spoon last year. And also three games behind too. It's a long way back. That This is fucking Tigers in decline yeah. in its, at its finest. Yeah. Or worst, whichever is more applicable. Um we spoke about Benji. He wasn't... I wouldn't say he was horrible. Um, he was there. But he was still outplayed by Ben Roberts, and I think that speaks volumes. Yeah. So, yeah, he was horrible. <laughs> um, you'd say it was, a, it was a good win to give Para fans a bit of a, a boost and put a pep in their step. Um, saw someone tweet um, the next day that um, it's been probably three years since they've seen this many Para jerseys on display. <laughs> So I thought it was probably quite appropriate. Um, and I'd like to mock them by saying, well, you might have beaten us, but you're still getting a spoon. But I'm not actually that convinced. They're still two games behind, only four games yeah. left. You have some winnable games. They have some maybe winnable games. We are in decline, Nathan. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, they've got to win two games, plus come back, bring back something like 70 points differential. So they've got an even worse differential than us. I think so. Or have, they, or have they not? I thought they I'm were like. Sure I, thought, I thought you were like negative two thirty three, and they were like negative three hundred ish. Maybe it was the other way around. But I mean, they still need to win two more games, and they've got some winnable games. Like they got the Broncos this week, and um, I think they have the Dragons at some True. point as well, maybe. But you've both got games where you're likely to get flogged too against East and South. So I'm, I don't know who's got which. Good times. Yeah. Good time. I look forward to this next few weeks of footy. But I guarantee, I'm probably not going to be, you know, enjoying alive. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to have all my fingers and toes. Ben Roberts. Penises. Out there, out there, like playing in centre. Playing like a boss. He's just wonderful. He's creating shit. Was, I mean, it's, it's clear why Parramatta, you know, the talent that Parramatta identified in him. In a, in a week of some some super, super, super coach scores, he actually, uh, he didn't get the highest one, but he, he would have been in the top five. It's a couple of big scores, big scores put on from guys like uh, Fergie and uh, and JT and stuff, but um, yeah, he was up there, one of the biggest scores of the season. Yeah, so um, oh, look, it's very disappointing um, to lose this game, um, especially some of the fucking gronks that support Parramatta. Oh, you got to fucking listen to those cockheads. But you, the oh thing is, God. I mean, Tigers, you know, they led this game up to seventy eighth minute, twenty two twenty, and they had to come back to get themselves that lead. And they, you know, they did really well to do it, and they looked like they had all the running and they had all the roll on within the forwards. 
It was actually We've heard this like story it, before, haven't we, Nathan? It was working like it was supposed to. The system was working. And then Ben Roberts, of all people, carves them up, draws a few defenders, drops it out the back, and gives the winning try. Yeah. And uh, and that was that. I mean, I, I don't, I'm just to add a bit of a loss to, uh, to add much more. Tigers uh, defeated by Ben Roberts, therefore in decline. Yeah, Corabidi got two tries, so he can't be too harsh on him. But there was a time there where Benji yeah, threw about the one where he dropped it over Benji, the line. Exactly, car. Benji threw. That was one of the best passes Benji's thrown this year. Pinpoint, perfect, right to left, straight to Corabidi, who then instead of you know pretty much falling over the line or you know doing whatever, he thought he was going to go for the one hand put down and dropped it when he was shifting it into his right hand. And then. The one that one of the tries that he did score, there was a bullet pass that was way above his head, and he plucked it out of the air like a genius. Yeah, exactly. No idea. Twitter Tiger underscore Benji. It may have been on free to air, and I'm sitting on my couch, but I still demand a refund. <laughs> Dashing Dan one. Sad to be hyperbole runners up, but the boys tried real hard tonight to bring that bedpan home. Uh, CA photo ten news. Ben Roberts contributes to an Eels win. Hello Asada. <laughs> uh, we got uh, all underscore is underscore Ben Roberts with the highest super coach score out of both games tonight hash gun uh, Chapo the creator you know your team is fucking shithouse when Ben Roberts wins man of the match against you hash real talk hash tigers in decline and real time the tigers in decline song now <laughs> Eddie and Zed it hurts enough to lose to the Eels but when Ben Roberts is named man of the match hash Glenn on suicide watch hash tigers in decline <laughs> There's a theme here. Sure and then is. Troy and then Troy Schroeder, Troy underscore seventy nine, put himself in a position where he obviously found like a dad joke book. And he's adapted like the entire book <laughs> to West Tigers jokes. Uh first one. Why are tigers like a possum? Because they play dead at home, then get killed on the road. Ash Tigers in decline. Then he comes up again. Why did Mick Potter give his players lighters? They kept losing their matches. Ash Tigers oh in decline. Oh my god. Uh, Tigers nearly had a new sponsor Mars Bars but declined because in their opinion they could work and rest but they just can't play <laughs> um, CA Photo 10 came oh. and said Ashford playing like a man wrestling with the decision of playing in the grand final or going to the birth of his child as Dreamer uh, GT351 underscore Johns we must be an opposite day Eels win B Roberts gets MOM and Tigers board thinks it's all the coach's fault what an age we live in uh, we've got um, Very true. J.W. McKellar. Ashford couldn't break a tackle if it was made out of a fucking sayo. And I'm a Tigers tragic. Ash Tigers for life. Ash fuck off Ashford. <laughs> and uh, then we got uh, Mad Dog underscore No Space. And uh, I know Glenn admitted the undefeated asterisk season of the Team of Destiny is over in the last step, but now it's definitely over. Real talk. Ash, real talk. Real talk. At CJ Dixon, as an Eels fan, I've never been one to rub anything in, but seriously, hash Tigers in decline, hash Go Para, hash Muppets a Dirty Perv. Isn't he what? JW McKellar again. It's a sad state of affairs for us Tigers fans, but when we're playing that shit, I'm not convinced we can even win the spoon. We'll win the spoon like fucking champions. Cage. I've got to tell you. Yep. I think it. I think it's all my fault. Why was it your fault? Well, saying you deserve this. I was cleaning up at home the other day, and um, I've been calling the Tigers team of destiny undefeated, fucking champion, geniuses of rugby league all season. Yep. Cleaning up at home the other day, went over to me crystal ball, gave it a little bit of a polish. Yep. It's upside down. 
Picked him. Picked him to win it. Finished last. Crystal Ball's been upside down all fucking year. That's my problem. Interesting. Cage, 007. He's been Next quiet, year's not looking real flashy either, just quietly. He said, I hope there's a 38-minute segment on the Eels-Tigers match with 27 of them being on Match of the Man, Ben Roberts. Match of the yeah. Man? Yeah, I read that right. He's fucked it up. So go nuts. How drunk was he? Yeah, very. Drunker than Ben Roberts? Probably yeah. not. All right, moving on to... Uh, Thank fuck we've moved on. Jeez, there was a lot of people wanting to give it to me. They did, didn't they? Melbourne Storm 26 it defeated the South Sydney Rabbitohs 8 down there at Melbourne. Uh, 21,000, just over 21,000. So that's a pretty good crowd down there. Sure they hate rugby league and the Storm. Like How dare else. you? What? That's rude. Victorians hate rugby league. Of course they do. Victorians are fucking people too, Nathan. Must have been a lot of Rabbits fans down there, but it's not like they're, they're fucking smashing the turnstiles either when they're they playing the fucking hitch <laughs> All right. Uh, Storm 26 tries to Will Chambers, Jesse Bromwich, Sissa Waka, and Justin O'Neill. Cameron Smith, three or four conversions and a couple of penalty goals, defeating the Rabbitohs with a try that Ben Teo and uh, Adam Reynolds got one conversion and one penalty goal. Yeah, see us... Last couple of weeks, their confidence has taken a hit. They've got some stars out with injury um, and also suspension, obviously. Um, Rev's fault. Yeah, but... Rev's <laughs> 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 fault. Um, I think the biggest test of their, their credentials comes now. It's time for them to stand up. They're obviously going to make the eight, but um, you know they've been highly touted all season. And it, I think it's time to show what they're made of um, now that they're facing some real adversity. So be interesting to see these next few weeks leading into the finals, how they handle themselves and, and the type of footy they play, whether they go into their shells and, and try and play conservative to, to scratch out a win or whether they play the same enterprising brand of footy that they've played all year and um, and squeezing the life out of teams um, defensively. So I think um, in contrast, Melbourne are, are really cruising into the finals. Um, I wonder if, you know, in past years they've been resting stars at this time of the season. Yep. Can't really afford to. No. You know, maybe in the last two weeks they might be able to afford to, depending yeah. on results, but yeah. Um, it'd just be interesting, you know, as long as if they were guaranteed of a top four spot, they probably. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're close to that. I mean, yeah. like, you know, if if the you know teams five and six or whatever the table is at the moment, if they if they lose this week and, you know, Melbourne win, then that'll put them out of reach by one point. So, you know, then maybe they might start thinking about it. As good as Adam Reynolds is, and I'm a big fan of his and, and have it have said as much on the show a number of times but um, as good as he's going um, I think Cooper Cronk showed Reynolds just how far he has to go mm-hmm. the way Cronk plays the game um, and, and certainly in the last couple of seasons in particular he's, he's just on another level and his kicking game's impeccable um, some of his passes fuck like just the speed of him there's one ball there if Benji Marshall throws that pass or attempts to throw that pass it ends up no, either in the grandstand or on the fucking chest of the opposition player. Matt yeah. King was right there. Yeah. The pass was, and it was, what he do was really stick out his hands. Yeah. Like he was up in the line yeah. and the pass still beat him. Like, yeah. um, that's fucking hard to do on the run, you know, defensive line rushing at you. Yeah. And to still put that pass across the face of an opposition player who's rushed up, um, and onto the chest of, of your winger who, who runs through, runs through, um, down the sideline. It's very impressive. It was. I mean, I wonder if the Storm were peaking a little bit too early. I mean, because, you know, we are still, you know, three or four weeks out from the finals. Um, I don't think, that, you know, at the moment, the way they're playing lately, I'm not sure how much they've, they've got, you know, to improve. They, they're going pretty well. I mean, you think of the way that they destroyed Canberra, you know, by 60-odd. Yeah, I mean, how much do they have to improve? You know, Siasa 
are well entrenched in the eight and um you know they've just disposed of them fairly easily yeah i mean a little bit injury affected but um but yeah, I mean they definitely were the better team by far. Um, dashing Dan one, don't write Souths off yet. They were back to back premiers. They were June premiers and July premiers. <laughs> Ash wheels off the bandwagon. Uh, Drew underscore Nathan five said, just put the footy on. I think it's nice the Rabbitohs gave Merritt number one to wear in honour of his Origin career. <laughs> He's gone hash one and done. Chapo the creator. The fuck was Sam Burgess thinking when he grabbed Chambers by the balls? Hash sex pest. Hash scum of the league. Shane, Aaron Elvis, South should have taken their chances, but luckily we only have Manly next week. Fuck. Hash, not getting easier. Uh, CA Photo 10. Obviously, Sam Burgess has heard about the weekly Trevor Cogger ruptured ball award and decided to help things along. Well, we've never actually <laughs> insinuated that Trevor Cogger played with a ruptured ball. But I mean, the, whole, the whole thing last week, though, was, you know, getting, you know, getting, getting Trevor on the show and, you know, talking about, you know, again, giving the, the, the Cogger's Gold Nuts Award to the person who has a ruptured ball that week. So we actually we we actually said last week on the show they're like oh you know it's just not how often has ruptured nut happened it's never gonna you know meanwhile <laughs> Chambers is off next Chambers, week Chambers has almost got two with his, one ball, game. With his balls pancaked uh, um, Trevor Cogger would just play on he would he would maybe because he's got golden balls probably wouldn't it twice the twice the great man. Sydney Roosters, 28, defeated the Canberra Raiders, 22, at the Sydney Football Stadium, crowd just over 13,000. Roosters, 28, came from tries, two, Maloney, double to Jennings. Two dads got one, Tupo got one, Maloney, four from five conversions. The Raiders, the 22, came from a try, Joel Edwards, double to Blake Ferguson, Shandor Earl as well got one, and Jared Kroger was three from four. This was a game that uh, the Roosters were fairly comfortable early on, but uh, Canberra fought back and actually, you know, made it quite exciting there for the end. Yeah, I think um, much like South, I think this is testing times for the Roosters as well. They should have won this game by 30. Yep. Um, they started out trying too hard. They were trying to score off every play, made errors. Trying um, to get 68 points. That's yeah. what they're doing. <laughs> and when they, um, when they were, you know, started to settle down and and um, play a bit of footy, they, they started to rack up some points fairly easily on the Raiders. Um, only for the, for them to sort of take their foot off the pedal and, and the Raiders come back at them. And really, probably, you know, the game went for a little bit longer. Yeah. The Raiders only had all the momentum. So, um, this is obviously Ferguson's first game back after his um, his issues. And Well, we can talk about it. Allegedly picking a, a girl up like a bowling ball. Much like much like Sam Burgess tried to do Will Chambers. Yes, it's hard to argue tried with those to, facts. But tried to pick him um, up. Tried, what did you try and pick him up? As, like, tried to pick him up like a, a fishing rod. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Tried to pick him up like a yabby pump. I don't know what. <laughs> the mental images. Tried to pick him up like a shocker. I don't know what. How, what did you try and pick him up like? Like a guy trying to drag another man up by his testicles. Try to pick you up like a battle rope. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Pick him up like a change purse. <laughs> um, my point was, Ferguson, first game back, had some much publicised uh, issues, scores a try, instantly gestures to the, gestures to the crowd. To, um, to shush. To shush. Yeah. I just, Not cool. No. You know what is cool? When a man identifies his peers... 
He goes and stays with his peers and takes in what he has to say. You can imagine Mundine going, you know, mate, if you get out there and you score a try, you know what you need to do? Make a cunt of yourself. You need to tell these fucking devils to shut the hell up. Oh, you're a devil, yeah, boy. Mundine, he loses the fight and instantly he's like, oh, this is fixed. So, yeah. I just... I just think that maybe he might be best served just playing playing the same sort of footy. I'm, I'm loving what he's doing on the field. Yeah. Just pull your fucking head in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That would be my advice if you came to live with me. Yeah, you just slap him every time. Just, like, just Not to you, mention Jackson would probably show him a few things, but... He just gives you the look and just, like, slap his backhand <laughs> in the face. And he just gives you a stunned puppy. You just bam, give him another one. There's another one. <laughs> well, I, mean, like, you know, I know you're thinking about gesturing to the crowd. Bam. We had like to get it to Gordon thing. I mean, so get it, get it to Fergie thing. You know, worked pretty well as well. I mean, it was a good strategy. He's a fucking gun player. He just doesn't need that shit in his game. Um, despite Mitchell Pearce's resurgent form post Origin, um, and I think he has been going really well. What a can't act that is, by the way. <laughs> About how good he's going since Origin <laughs> yeah, finished. Yeah, yeah. same for Maloney too. <laughs> Fucker. I think the Roosters' chances still hinge on whether Maloney can handle the pressure. Other teams are going to throw his way in the final series. G's going good at the moment, though. Like he, seems he really to be is really killing like it at the moment. Patch. Um, just, I think in the Origin series, there were a few moments where he was exposed a little bit in defence when he had to make backup tackles or several tackles. Um, Especially on that, that time there at the start of game two there where they just kept running thought at him in the first sure. 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, I think opposition teams in the finals will look to that and and target him and and, and if he stands up to that and can still steer the team around the park and and Pierce can play off the back of that with his sort of unpredictable sort of play and and Maloney can still offer that structure and that um, stability uh, I think the Bruce is going to be tough to beat but if he flinches they're they're fucked because everything flows for him yep Okay, um, Dashing Dan 1. Seems to get the first say in on every game this week. Looks like about 400 at Allianz. Imagine the crowd the Roosters would get if they were coming first. Uh, what shit about, fans. What about Dan just sits on his couch? He's got a lovely lovely wife or partner, whatever she is. Um, it's too cheap to put a ring on it. Yeah, very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> real talk. <laughs> um, that is the realest of real talk. Um She's lovely. Like yeah. you want to talk about people like Ninja punching right over their weight, and that yeah. motherfucker's punching right over his weight. Yeah. Dan, but Dan, 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 definitely. Dan, like he's can't play cricket. No, at can't all. Can't support a rugby league team, or at least a decent one. Um, he, he does. He has nothing going for him. Has a fundraising barbecue at Bunnings. Burns the sausages. Yeah. Um, fucking drinks in the Malton Hotel. Only bums drink there. Nothing. Have you come to a point? <laughs> or is this just a fucking hatchet job? <laughs> just saying, he uh, sits on his couch, well away from his lovely missus, hmm. sits on his couch, nude, watching the footy, as he, as you'd imagine he would do, with a teeny tiny boner. And just his first thought after at the end of each game, you know what I'm going to do? He hit Nathan Glenn up. No wonder he's got a boner. Good fan. Just, awesome listener. That wasn't going to be my point. Super fan. I'm, I've, I've finished your point for you. Oh, wow. Was it the teeny tiny boner that got you? No, it was the fact that he's uh, sitting there and he thinks to tweet us, uh, you know, and, and provide Whilst us he's sitting resources. there nude, the first thing he thinks of is us, Nathan. I think I find it a little bit disturbing. That's all I'm saying. This coming from the guy that's fucking gone from, you know, just, you know, light, lightly lusting after Polynesians, you know, covered in fucking honey and oil. Yeah, it's not a motherfucking Polynesian, is he? 
Well, no, he's not. But you've moved on. You've moved. <laughs> you've moved on to fucking pretty much everyone over the course of the year into full, full on homosexuality. So I mean, you're the last person to talk about fucking nude people tweeting people. Jesus Christ, Michael Darren seventy nine. Fuck me dead. <laughs> yeah, fucking real talk on your trifling ass. <laughs> Michael, it's a, it's a wonder you're not fucking anorexic, jumping to fucking Dan's defence so quickly. Yeah, oh, it seems to be the ebb and flow. I mean, you're attacking listeners. I'm, defend, I'm defending listeners because because oh. I appreciate people listening to the show. And meanwhile, you just like attacking them. <laughs> Michael Darren, seventy nine. Blake Ferguson giving the shh to the crowd after scoring. You're facing sex pest charges. Pull your head in. Thank you. That's my point exactly. 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 Arpops. <laughs> Milford's going to be a superstar hopefully not at the Broncos though Solzy great game of footy the Raiders set play of throw it to Virgo almost came off we're a good shot at semi-final footy still GT351 underscore Johns who cares the, the pathetic Chooks beat Raiders by 6 Storm did it by 62 at Raiders home ground wish the Chooks would just go away fucking hell big fan it was actually 68, 64 wasn't it wasn't it 68 to 4 like, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think it was 66. So yeah, I'd just like to say the G sixty one you can't really add up very well. <laughs> it's got an abacus made out of falafel. Yeah, <laughs> fully six subwoofers, mate. Uh, CA photo ten. Are Roosters fans the best at bitching about refs even when they win? Hash, give it a rest. Fucking oath they are. It's disgusting. I say that as a Manly fan. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you. so you know it's bad. <laughs> Newcastle Knights defeated the Cronulla Southern Sharks fourteen. Um, down there at the dump. Uh, just over 11,000, 11, just under 11,500 people there down at the fucking at the tip. Um, <laughs> look at the Knights. Double the gay guy. And Tyron Roberts got a try. Gidley, two from three, the returning Gidley. And he also got a penalty goal. Uh, Cronulla, they had two tries to Fafita and Wade Graham. Todd Carney, 100%, two from two conversions, plus a penalty goal. Contrasting sides again. I think Sharks are going okay, but they're starting to run out of a bit of luck. Um, and I think they might have peaked a little bit early this season, and, and uh, by the time the finals roll in, I think they'll be out of gas. Uh, whereas the Knights are, are actually building slowly, and I think um, style of footy that they're playing at the moment, they're, they're showing that they can put points on um, when required. But then when they get drawn into an arm wrestle and have to grind out a win, as they did in this game, I think um, they showed the, their capabilities there as well. Probably speaks to their, you know, the level of talent they have in the side, but also some of the experienced campaigners as well around the club. Least, of, not the least of which is Danny Baderis. He played uh, a milestone game and overtook Andrew Johns as the most capped knight, which was a good milestone for him. And think um, about that milestone. Was he two hundred fifty? Wasn't it? Yeah. Imagine if he hadn't fucked off for three years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, over 300. I mean, obviously the dude's still got, you know, he's still got it in him, you know, to contribute at, you know, NRL level. And, you know, he was obviously, you know, he's forced to fuck off through, you know, disagreement with Brian Smith. Yeah. So he's not the first guy with that on his no. resume. And um, forced to fuck off to England for three years. And I mean, that's, you know, conservative, let's say conservatively, another 60 games. Yeah. So, you know, a bit of a shame for Dane Newcastle. Gagai, um quietly becoming the player so many thought that he would be when he was at the Broncos um, the, the Broncos have a pretty um, a pretty staunch policy as far as player behaviour goes and I think they should be commended for it but just imagine for a second if they were more like the Cowboys um, yeah, I mean, and cared not for the character of people wearing their jersey to be fair it hasn't really um, come back to kill them badly yet but gay guys oh, it's like not like potential. anyone's turned into a, into a JT but 
Fucking well, the you two, imagine... two that come to mind. I mean, you got like what Costigan, he was on, wasn't he? Yeah, he's and one. Uh, and Gay Guy. They're probably the two that come to mind. Then there's the other guy. The the the, the, the two guys. Who are the two guys? One of them just hasn't hasn't Seymour. Oh Seymour. Well, he was never much of anything anyway. So yeah, don't rate him. He was a constant disappointment everywhere he fucking landed. <laughs> Shell Harbour. Yeah, Vulcans. exactly. <laughs> but. You just you look at the way the Broncos are playing. Yeah. Imagine Gagai, the different squad they'd be if they had him in the back line. At the moment, he'd be perfect cover for Justin Hodges at the very least. Well, exactly, but fucking his attacking potential, you know, as far as Jack Reed, who's signed to a long-term deal. Yeah. Give me a break. Jack Reed would be playing in the fucking back row, I think, if Gagai yeah. was still around. No doubt. Um, but, I mean, they should be commended for their policy, and they do hold true to it, but um, fuck, he's... he's He's got some talent, that kid. Yeah. No, very impressive. Very good. He was very good at the start of the season as well, and then he mm. sort of had that time off with injury. Uh, Gidley came back, and he actually, he was good. I know. I, yeah, sound kid- like, I sound like I'm shocked because I'm shocked. Well, so you should be shocked. Um, but I guess we should, you know, he has had good games for Newcastle in the past, just never won for New South Wales. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, at the end of the day, you're talking about you know, how, the, how the Sharkies are going. This game was stolen right at the, right the death as well. Like Tigers game, so you know, it wasn't like it was a tragic thing. I, mean, I think the Sharks are going. The I think the Sharks are going well, um, and there was a very good, healthy, supportive crowd there for them too at the dump, as you call it. And um, yeah, I just think that the Knights just seem to be headed on a, on a, a, I wouldn't say slight, a steady upward trajectory. Yeah, and, incremental. Uh, yeah, just gradually, you know. Competing and you know, consistently. I just wonder, you know, if they come finals time, and I don't know if that's even if it's even feasible, but come finals time, if they play someone like the Roosters, mm-hmm. and the Roosters with Robinson there, he's got a good squad at his disposal, mm. rookie coach, so yeah, you know, as far as the NRL goes, seems to be working right so far, though. Oh, absolutely, I've got no doubt, but how much of that is, is down to his roster, yeah, um, but then he comes up against Wayne Bennett in the finals. Mm-hmm. It's just you just know that Bennett is going to go well out of his way to find a chink in that armor. Yeah, and as you know, as he, needs have, he needs to have the players to be able to exploit it to have the actual ability to sure exploit I just, it. Too. You know, it's it's a real X factor for the Knights if Bennett is coming up against some of these other coaches that don't have the um, the experience that he does, and and you know certainly the big game experience as well. You know, he's won grand finals, etc. So yeah, yeah. Um, coming up on the tweets here is one of the, my favourite tweets I've ever received from the show. And it's from the fucking, the, the, the super, fucking Dan, is the it? young superstar, the Ben Zed, oh. shot out of the blocks about a month ago and he's just fucking, he's just on a tear. Pre-match footage shows Darius Boyd being breastfed by Wayne Bennett. Oh, fuck, that made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> CA Photo 10. Any truth, the Knights New Jersey sponsor is Australian Pensions Insurance Agency. Hash, love the old blokes. Uh, Drew underscore Nathan 5. Lauren Eagle needs to teach Carney how to take a hit. They're not together anymore, right? I don't think they have been together for well, quite a while, yeah. Good couple of months. Point taken, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe she still could. I mean, maybe now it's even more feasible. <laughs> JR underscore Buff. One would start to think the Sharkies have lost a little pep. In their step. <laughs> okay, moving on to the match of the round. 
the mighty Manly Sea Eagles 27 defeated the New Zealand Warriors 12 up there at Blue Tongue in front of a crowd of just over 12,000. Central Coast once again proving that they do not deserve a full-time NRL <laughs> side in their shithole by the sea. Uh, <laughs> the mighty Manly Sea Eagles 27 points came from a double to Brett Stewart and a hat-trick to David Williams, as good wingers do. Cherry Evans got himself a field goal and Jamie Lyons struggled on the conversions two from five and got a penalty goal. Uh, Warriors, their 12 came from tries to Lamape and Sean Johnson. And uh, Sean Johnson, 100% two from two in the conversions. Manly look impressive. I think one of the doubts that I had um, regarding their, their credentials to certainly take out the comp was the form of Glenn Stewart. Um, I think he's, he's had a lot of ordinary games. Um, he's had some troubles with injury, etc. Um, and, and was struggling with confidence when he came back. But um, He's back, baby. Fuck, he dispelled all of those doubts just in this game. Up his until the last game, try, he, he laid on every try. Sure. The first he, four tries he laid on. His um, his running game, his passing was almost flawless in his selection. Um, put a kick through for a try as well. Yeah. Um, defended well. Just that combination was, was there for everyone to see. And I tell you, he's fucking, you know, that was a big doubt for me. I yeah. think if, if you had such a key cog in that machine, um, underperforming, that really detracts from Manly. Because well, remember, um, I mean, in the 2011 grand final, he got the Clive Churchill. Yeah, exactly. And then and went that's up on stage, got, tri- got the medal from, uh, um, from from Mrs. Churchill, and then told uh, Gallup to go fuck himself. It was sensational. No, his brother did. He did when he goes Clive Churchill as well, though. Right. He's like, can't you just wait till my brother gets here, motherfucker? <laughs> Bitch, you got to kick your ass. <laughs> he won't be able to look. He won't be able to look in the eye because his eyes point in two fucking different directions, and he can see around corners, two different corners at once, if you will. Um, Gives him the vision to lay on all those tries that he yeah, does. <laughs> that's it. Um, whilst other sides are still finding themselves, I think Manly and sides like them, um, such as the Storm, etc., just going about their business, and their business is crushing the pretenders. And, and um, you know, we spoke about the Roosters um, and also South having been, you know, those up-and-coming teams that yep. um, that have all the credentials in the world and, and certainly the rosters and the ability to get there. But there's a lot to be said for experience. And Manly have been there. They've done that, um, as have the Storm. Um, the, the Dogs have benefited from their, their from losing the grand final last year. There's a lot to be taken away from that experience as well. Um, they took, yeah, the Dogs took away that they don't want to go through that again, so they're fucking struggling this year. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think Manly's experience, um, you know, given they are a very, very old side, old and cranky, um, but their experience is really going to hold them in good stead um, come the finals and and just having been in those big games and won them, um, you'd have to back them over some of the teams that haven't quite been there as often. Yeah, this game, I'd probably say the Manly are probably about 65%. They're decent, but they weren't. Um, they're, they're still not there yet, which is good because I, I love it when when that sort of thing's happening at this time of season. It's just this slow trajectory. I love when they're not firing like you know a month out from the finals, and then they sort of get through and they hit the finals and go bam, crank it. That's it's a, it's a hallmark of what happened in two thousand eight and two thousand eleven. So I love to see it. Um, I saw a statistic in the game mentioned that um, Brett Stewart has never lost to the Warriors. Really? Yeah. Did you see the statistic that said he can see around two different corners at once as well? No, no. So that's a uh, stat worth knowing. Well, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, <clears throat> the, 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 the sheer thing that disproves what you just said is the fact that um, so many times this season, Brett Stewart has been over the trial line and it's gone, 
dish. Give it to some other guy to get a try. If he could see in all these directions, he'd realise he was over the line and just plant the ball down. And there was an occasion in this game too. I mean, as you can see with um all the tries, I mean, they all happened down down the right-hand side pretty much. And um, Except for the Wolfman one. One of the Wolfman ones was a, a runaway where Glenn Stewart picked up a loose ball and put him away. Um, but there was one time down the left where, where Stewart actually got through and it looked like he could have probably fallen over the line and reached out over the line and scored. But instead he threw it back to you know, Matai or Tafur or someone like that to uh, try and put them with it. And you know, it didn't end up coming off. But um, I just love it how like, you know, there's, just, there's just two lethal sides in attack and one time you know the left hand side might grab a bag of tries between them with uh you know foreign kicking for horror or you know putting matai away or you know uh, Jorge. and or you get you know situations like wolfman grabs a hat trick and it was his first hat trick in fucking a while too i think they said it was only his second one ever and the other time was uh four tries against Parramatta, which i think was last year the year before yeah, there you go. Legendary game. Um, very comfortable. Never felt in danger at all in this game at any point, um, which is kind of rare because, I mean, you know, some, sometimes there's always that sort of feeling where you're like, ah, oh, you know, oh, they could be coming back here. But I never had any feeling of danger from the Warriors. Um, <clears throat> Marnie was just fucking embarrassed at, at, at times in this game. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was tremendous the way that he set up one of those tries for them um, over on the right-hand side with his run. But... Just like when when you said like when uh, when Glenn Stewart put that kick in, and he was just so slow to fucking turn around, and you know Wolfman was on it before he could do anything, and the same with the passing as well. There was that time where I think um where uh, Glenn Stewart or um or Brett Stewart was like tied up right close to the line and got his hands above the rest and just sort of dished it off, and you know Manu fucking nowhere near him to stop the try. <laughs> so you know one of those rocks and diamonds type situations, I guess. Um, Annie O'Brien, it pains me every time I tip Manly to win. It's too close to supporting the bastards. Hash, everybody hates Manly. <laughs> <sighs> Tiresome, these Manly haters. It'd just be so much simpler if everyone loved Manly. And let's face it, a lovable fucking team. Life of Ty. Fucking Gifties back. Hash, go Manly. At Warmess underscore. Watching this game is what I imagined eating a plate of Nate's shit would be like. Ugh. Congrats, Manly. Far too strong. GT351 underscore Johns. The good guys lost and the pole smokers won. If only Warriors had a little more patience and poise, it would have been closer. Blue underscore beaver. <laughs> this one, this is the one, a reference that you'll enjoy. You know, being like, you know, old. Fucking dare you. The Warriors were blinded by the light. Wrapped up like a deuce, another victim of manly. And by deuce, I mean turd. Ash flush. <laughs> <laughs> so you like singing. Sorry? You like singing. Go, yeah. give it one. Nah. <laughs> Not to Harold Manley. Can't do it to myself. And he followed up and no, actually this reminds me as well. David Gower had a solid game today. Wait, did I just say that? Hash X Factor. Hash Manly on the march. That's right, David Gower, he's, he, uh, this is not just this game, but um, it's the last couple of games that he's been in, in the side. He's clearly taken the flippers off his hands. And uh, he's, he's, I haven't seen him make a mistake. And the only mistake he made in this game was... It wasn't that much of a mistake either. He just uh, there was a loose ball. Um, the, the ball came loose about five meters out from the line, right right in front of the post. He scooped it up and went over to score what he thought was a try. It ultimately was ruled a double movement. I mean, I'm not sure that it should have been a penalty. The Warriors. I thought perhaps Manly hadn't actually taken advantage from the knock on, and it should have gone back to a 10 minute scrum. But whatever. Um, but yeah, he's been very good and very impressed. I mean, he's been running onto the ball like you know. Tough balls to take as well in traffic, you know, short balls and stuff like that. And and he's been good. So I'd, I'd like to officially, uh, I don't want to retract what I said because he was shit, but I'd, I do appreciate the improvement 
and he's not one of those uh, heart and mouth players anymore for me <laughs> where I think, oh fuck, he's on. Uh, New Zealand Warrior Forum. NZ Warrior Forum, I should say. Warriors smashed by a player resembling Jesus Christ. No answer to David Williams. Manly did bring it. At least I bet dollars on Manly. Oh, what a shit fan you are being on the opposition. God. Next, Brisbane, 26. Just fell over the line against the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 24. Up at Lang Park, 31,199. So a pretty decent crowd. Um, Broncos, their 26 came from tries to uh, Drew, Matt Gillette, or Gillette. I'll fucking never get used to that. Sam Thiday, Andrew McCulloch, uh, Scott Prince, four from four conversions and a penalty goal, defeating the St. George Illawarra Dragons 24, uh, a double to Adam Quinlan and a double to Daniel Vito. Fucking revelation in the centres. Daniel Vito. Fuck, he's strong, eh? Yeah. Josh Dugan, four from four conversions. Vito, he should, I think he's he's got to stay there forever. Maybe the best game he's ever played in his life. Oh, well, he'd... Potentially. It's one of the best. Definitely one of the best I've watched him play. For sure, yep. he um, he was very impressive, and and watching him up close, fuck, he's big. Mm-hmm. He's a big kid. I knew he's he was a giant bit lump of a lad, but um, he's very very big. His legs are enormous. Um, yeah. Tell you who else impressed me as well was the um the young winger on Debu, um, Jordan Drew, Jordan Drew. Yeah. Um, he he had a real crack. Um. He made one one error with a drop ball, and also uh, probably didn't stay out um, at one point when um, the Dragons spun the ball wide and they threw a cutout ball to Morris. Um, I think he might have backed himself to have Morris cut it covered for pace. Yep. Um, and he turned to cover. By the time he realised what was going on, Morris was well and truly burnt past him. Yep. Um, it's a lesson to the young kid, and and um, he'll he would have taken a lot out of that game. I think he really. Um, he, he tried his guts out. His, his runs back were all, um, all at full pace, um, and he also um, tried his guts out in defence as well. Just on um, Dugan, who used to who used to do stuff for the Dragons before he arrived? Uh, Jamie Soud. Fuck. <laughs> yes, that was a long time ago. We were talking. I was talking to the boys. I was like, Dugan. Everything is, is sort of going through him. Like yeah. you see the other players looking to him. He's yeah, get, he's get it to Dugan, same as get it to Fergie and uh, yeah. Canberra at the moment. Yeah. Um, but all in all, I think it was a pretty gutsy win from the from the Broncos. I have to say. Well, look, they had this game well and truly wrapped up. Um, oh, kind of at halftime they did. Then they sort of lapsed a bit. And then they then they secured the win again, and then they lapsed again, and it was almost fatal at the end there. Yeah. I mean, the Dragons, you know, another couple of minutes. They could have very easily lost this game. But, you know, they got the win. They needed it. There's, there's, people are still talking about the Broncos making the finals. I'm not sure about that. You know, they've actually got um, a very favourable home run. I think uh, all except for one of their remaining games are at home. Yeah. Uh, they're playing t- like Parramatta in one of the games. You'd have to think they're going to win that. There's a, I think that the, all the games that they have left are winnable. And if they were to win all of them, then they, you know, depending on results, I think they may fall into like, you know, an elimination, you know, seventh or eighth. Right. I mean, they'd be cannon fodder for like a Newcastle or a Canterbury or something like that, you know, in week one, but or Sharks perhaps. But there is, I think there is a chance of them, you know, getting in there though. And I think they've got a really soft run home too, so. I'd back to be Newcastle. Well, yeah, not necessarily. Um, it wouldn't be at home. I mean. Shame for Hodges. Um Another, as we mentioned earlier, he's done his Achilles again. Um, ben Hannett as well. I want to give him a rap. 
certain things you don't really notice on TV sometimes, but live at the game, he must have been out on his fucking feet. He was... He, some of his charges, um, and then he's also his defence, I saw him like have to pick himself up off the ground. Like He was yeah. on for... I don't, I don't know how long his first stint was. It was at least um, 25 minutes. Yeah. I'm fairly certain. And... You could see him get up off the ground. He was fucking gassed. Yeah. And then they'd run into him again and he'd put them on their back again. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, they're trying to make their way out of their own territory and he's the one putting his hand up for two carries in the set. Yeah. And, like, for a big guy, he's a prop forward. You know, there's other guys on the team that weren't doing that. Yeah. And... He's got the magic uh, underwear. Sorry? He's got the magic underwear. Right. He's Mormon. He's got the magic underwear. I don't understand that. Okay, I'm going to have to take you through it later on then. Magic Mormon underwear? Yeah. Right. Trust me. All will be explained after we finish. I'll show you. Okay. Thanks for the tip. Okay. Um, and fucking... I think he was only awarded one try, but uh, Andrew McCulloch. Yeah. The most obvious dummy in the NRL. <laughs> the Dragons fell for it twice. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's very um average... I remember when he's like, you know, there was, there was there was a thought out there that he was actually a decent player. I just like to stay to stay categorically. He's not, and Broncos will probably be on the market for a decent hooker in the near future. The fact remains that Ben Hunt, he's been playing off the bench um, a lot this season and interchanging interchanging with McCulloch as a hooker. Um, and Ben Hunt proved to me at least that he was probably the best hooker in the club. Yep. Um, he's since been moved to halfback and shown that he's the best halfback in the club as well. Yep. Um Tough spot, but um, I think Ben Hunt at hooker is a better fit for the Broncos and the style that they play. It's a funny thing. Speaking of the guys that have been dropped, um, like uh, Wallace and um, obviously Corey Norman's fucking off the thing. But uh, speaking specifically of Scott Prince and Wallace, I heard an interview with uh, the, the chief executive of the Broncos on the radio uh, while I was on, on a drive on Sunday. And he was asked about, you know, the fact that those guys have both got contracts for next year, but, you know, the reports have been that they've been told to look elsewhere. And uh, and his response was, oh, no, like, you know, Scott Prince, he's got a contract. He's going to be playing at the Broncos next year. Peter Wallace, he's got a contract for next year. He'll be playing at the Broncos next year. But if they were to find another team that would that would perhaps provide them with, you know, you know, some career certainty and you know, like a couple of year contract, then um we would certainly facilitate that move. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. So they've got a contract that they will honour. Uh but if they were to uh do them the to do them the favour of fucking off, they'd be more than happy to uh allow it. Uh, Beer Boy at 182. Brett Morris should just run up to Justin Hodges while his legs busted and crash tackle him on the ground. Hash, that's revenge, cunt. <laughs> Long memory. I, and I don't like players. I don't like players getting injured and stuff like that. Even guys I really despise, like Justin Hodges. But um, that that is pretty true. And he wasn't the only person to say that. Uh, a feel for GT351 underscore Johns. Feel for Hodges. Not a pleasant injury. A game was back and forth. Shame it was on delay and lots of errors from both sides. Only on delay if you watch it on Channel 9, Sunshine. Mad Dog underscore no space. And then the real team of destiny lost a godly figure, but they will continue to fulfill their undeniable destiny. Hash, it is known. 
Wow. Well, their destiny is to finish outside the finals. I always want to have an effect on people, but I'm not sure I want to turn them into complete and utter fucking gronks. Yeah. And we've got Mr. Wars, whose who's, who's Twitter name now is, uh, is... His actual name on there, not his handle, is Love You Long Time Hodges. <laughs> the thing about Hodges is he's amazing... Is his amazing stems from his strength, not his speed. He's still got a fair few years left. I think you're delusional, dude. Isn't he what? I don't. There's, I think there's every chance he might not come back. I'd say you'll probably give it a crack, but ten months is fucking deep into the season That's next a long year. Time. Yeah. Okay. North Queensland Cowboys, thirty-six, destroyed the Panthers four out there at Penrith Stadium, in a front of a godly crowd of get this. 6,611 people. Wow. What a disgrace. The Cowboys' tries came to a hat-trick to Ray Ray Thompson. Antonio Winterstein got one. Brent Tate got one. Kyle Felt got one. Thurston, six from six. And holy fuck, what a masterclass. I think it was probably six conversions, six assists. Yeah. Fucking just Thurston coming good at the right time of the year. Probably a little bit late for his team, but fuck, he's coming good. Panthers were completely outclassed by a side that obviously quit on their coach months ago. Henry's yeah. been gone two games and they've looked unbeatable. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thurston and Thompson, I know Thompson played um, this game in hooker, but you could still see um, their combination from having played in the halves together was was quite evident. And um, I just wonder why they didn't persist with that, given that you know, I think based on JT's combination with Louis. Um, JT and Thompson are a better combination skill-wise and also moral-wise than JT and Louis ever, were ever going to be. It just makes you wonder why the Cowboys took the chance on signing that wife-beating piece of shit rather than letting him play you know, another season or so with Thompson. They got, a, the commi- they got a commitment to facilitating the real rehabilitation of people who have off-field in- incidents. It's not their go. They're a great guy. They fit in the team nice and the guys love them. Yeah, I, I'll never understand that. Um I think Penrith has shown enough in recent months that they're going to be a, they they have a competitive side right now and probably be compet- continue to be competitive um, next season and beyond. But I think, as we said earlier, the Soward effect is really going to make or break them next season. Um, he comes into a a fairly settled sort of um, roster and and well, it's a know, settled roster of like thirty people though because of all the injuries they've had. True, it's but you look at, at the, the the basic makeup of the sign. You've got, um, you know, Moylan, Lewis Brown. Yeah. Um, you know, Kingston's going to be there again. Yeah. Um, he, he, I just think you know they do want to talk about five year plans. They've got a side there that um, has probably had their run this season. They've yeah. they've, they've played their best footy already, but um, you know they they take a lot out of this season. Um, and and a hell of a lot of positives given um, you know the form of Moylan um, and some of the other form of of players. I think Sikamani was going really well there yep. as well till he got hurt. So um, bringing Seawood into that into a, a fairly harmonious sort of group um, could go you know either way. So it'll be interesting to see what 2014 brings uh, for the Panthers for, for the Panthers with Jamie Seawood. Um, running around the number six jersey. Yeah. Okay, uh, where are we? The Ben Zed. If asylum seekers had the determination of Brent Tate, Australia would be Afghanistan. <laughs> Hash, I'm on a boat. Uh, Shunter, 86. 
I don't think Penrith have ever beaten a team with Robert Louis in it. He's kicked our pregnant guts every time. Oh, Ash, fuck God. off, Louis. Michael Darren, 79. The quote, Robert Louis kicks it dead. Thankfully, the football and not his missus. CA photo 10. Attention Peter Parr, 2014 game plan. Round one, sack coach. Undefeated season. (laughs) Uh, What do we got here? Monday night foot bitch. And it was the Gold Coast Titans, 26, upsetting the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, 16 at ANZ. The official crowd, 10,373. And boy, it didn't look anything like that. Gold Coast Titans, their 26 came from a hat trick to get it to Gordon. As good wingers do. David Mead also got one. Uh, Caesar, three from four conversions, plus two penalty goals. And the Dogs tries to Sam Parrott, Trent Hodkinson, and Josh Reynolds. Conversions, 100% two from two for Hodkinson. And uh, Captain Murder missed with his only attempt. There's a lot made of um, the dialogue between Greg Bird and also in particular Michael Ennis. Mm-hmm. Um, between them and the referees and also their own running battle as individuals, but um, speaking specifically to the uh, to the referee issue between those two players, I think um, to a point this game was probably over-officiated. Um, they blew a hell of a lot of penalties. But to be fair, the vast majority of those calls were, were at least at face value legit. And I think you know that probably speaks to a lack of discipline on both sides rather than, as Ennis put it, two sides trying to compete and you know, you know, you're ruining the opportunity of a good contest because you're not allowing us to compete. You know, um, which all sounds good in theory, talk. but some of those some of those calls you couldn't argue with. Yeah, so I want to give you some real talk right now. Michael Ennis is a fucking shit cunt. Righto. I'll take Possibly the, the shittest cunt in the NRL, <laughs> excluding that other wife-beating cunt. Yeah. Dead set. Oh, I fucking don't know. cockhead. I don't have a lot of issue with Ennis um, off the field. I, I like... Um, some of what he does and some of his his analysis on um, on NRL 360 or Sterlo, whichever one he he's re- appears on relatively regularly, he um, he seems to have a, a much more obvious football brain off the field than he dis- displays on it. Um, the Titans use the theory of get it to Gordon or Mead, whatever. Um, Gordon got a hat trick. Mead had a um, had had a good try where he sliced through himself. Had a also, great game. Yeah, there was also some cracking runs that he made. One from fullback there when they rushed at him in a broken line and he ran about 80 metres with it. Meade at fullback is, 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 is revelatory. Yeah. And now calm down, don't get excited. I mean, he's not that fucking... He's not like a contender for any of that. But his form at the moment is actually, yeah, like at fullback, quite good. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty obvious to anyone that follows rugby league the dogs are a far superior side um to the to the titans both um on paper and and potential wise but um i think they came into this game really believing that just rocking up was enough to get the win and the titans um may have sensed that or or come out with a, a renewed vigor themselves um after having played uh last sunday against the tigers and and having a good win but um I think the Dogs are, are a better side and they've probably got a, a much higher ceiling than the Titans, but uh, it just goes to show when you underestimate your opposition in, in a game that you're expected to win and, and you don't get the job done, yep. the, the opposition can pull your pants down. you still got to perform. Yeah, they had a disallowed try, and I mean, fuck me, there was a lot of rest fault going around. Yep. They weren't using the hashtags, so I couldn't track all of it, but pretty much from the Bulldogs, 
all that was coming out was yeah, Dress Fault. Based on that one try that um wouldn't have quite made up the margin anyway. Yeah. And the fact that they you know played like a bag of shit for a lot of the very they large really did play there. fairly ordinary. They handed over possession cheaply. And they got some um, key injuries. Like you know, I'll, I'll give them that. You know, Barber's a big loss for him. Cassiano now is a big loss for him. Eastwood's a pretty big loss as well. But you know, they've still got fucking some decent forwards on the park and some decent backs as well. So you know. It's not doom and gloom, but yeah, they're not they're not at their best their best side they can put in the park. At exactly. Riz six six six. Looks like the Titans have brought their thirty thousand fans to ANZ tonight. The Ben Z dogs are dreaming if they thought they were catching fourth anyway. Well played, Titans. GT three fifty one underscore Johns. He had a couple as usual when the dogs lose. First one. Dogs were off tonight, but refs were shocking. Fair try disallowed. Dogs probably didn't deserve to win, but not by ref fuckery. And then he went on to say, anyway, congrats to the Titans. They wanted it more and deserved the win. Dog need to play smarter. Cassiano was missed as well. Yeah, it really was. Bay Bay BNC. The refs weren't great tonight, but the NRL Bulldogs were their own worst enemy. Hash Sack Hasler. Hash Real Talk. Uh, Unky D, who is uh, Dennis Valente, of, uh, you know, previously sent us a lot of feedback via Facebook. Very exotic name. And he's, yeah, very exotic. And he's uh, he's a very exotic uh, green egg at the moment. Put a picture on your Twitter account, dude. Jesus. But he's, he's, he's basically succumbed to pressure and he's come over to Twitter. Titans in the eight. So throw, throw him a, throw him a uh, follow. Uh, Unky D, U-N-C-Y-D. Titans in the eight after beating the dogs. Proof that mediocrity can get a team into the eight. Hash top eight in decline. And gee, the Titans are just falling in there on four and against at the minute. And that's basically by virtue of Canberra's heavy defeat to the Storm the other week. Exactly. GT, you all know, we've done that one. Uh, Matt Oz, 1991. Suck it up, Bulldogs fans. If you don't play shit, the result takes care of itself. Hash, real talk. Mup 23. Even Luke Patton couldn't save the doggies. Two down, eight to go. Titans 2013 Premiers. Hash, real talk. Hash, sack Cardi. <laughs> Chapo, the creator. That was a bullshit performance from the dogs. It wasn't the ref's fault. The team played like a bunch of fucking spastics. Hash real talk. And that's coming from a dogs fan. <laughs> um, and then he went on to say, I'm going to go right ahead and say Ennis is a fucking shit captain. No leadership, just fucking whinging from the cunt. Hash real talk. <laughs> this is a Canterbury supporter. And he's just gone, I just don't, I don't think doggies fans can handle that, that kind of real talk from a, a fellow doggies fan. I don't think dogs fans can handle any semblance of real talk. Yeah. Real talk. Previews for round 23 of the 2013 Telstra Premiership kicks off with a fucking blockbuster. Brisbane Broncos versus Parramatta Eels at Suncorp. (laughs) Yes, I will be at this game and I'm not expecting it to be the greatest spectacle of rugby league in history. (laughs) The end. (laughs) You'd think, look... With the the uh, addition of Jared Hayne and playing him out of five eight, I mean, Parramatta clearly a better side. They won the first time they you know first game in ten weeks or something, or after losing ten. True. Um, ben Roberts, David match Stag goes into the centres. I think he was quite good defensively, but doesn't offer a lot in attack for the Broncos, and that's one area they have been lacking. Is is really fluent attack. Um, that's it's probably going to be if. You know, Mullaney was quite good for the Eels last week. Um, yep, and then right. you've got the you know the unstoppable force of Ben Roberts in the centres. Um, and then Jared Hayne there at 5'8". So certainly some um, some opportunities for the Eels to put some points on. Broncos defence is going to have to be at its best. 
Um, who comes out on top? I'm going to have to say the Broncos very, very slightly. You'd think, I mean, the Broncos have to win. They're at home. But remember last year when the Eels were going atrociously. They trounced them on a Monday night. And the Broncos night. were going, you know, okay. Like they still weren't looking out of it. And they got they put 50 on them. So we're both at that game. Um, it was very entertaining to see. And, uh, you know, I can't see the Broncos losing this game. But I don't know if that is because, you know, my brain is just conditioned to, you know, Broncos at home. The Eels are terrible. Broncos are usually okay at finals time. You know, I don't know if I don't know if I've computed the fact that the Broncos are a shit team this season yet, thoroughly. Um, but I still think they're going to have too much for the for the uh, Eels, and I think you'd be pretty crazy to tip against them. But I mean, you know what? If they won, so like I said last year they put fifty on them. So I mean, you know, it could happen. Yeah, I um, I can't see the Eels getting this one. Next up, match of the round. South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the mighty Manly Sea Eagles at Blue Tongue Stadium. It's a home game for the Rabbits on this occasion, but uh, it was a home game for us last week, so we're good. Um, this one. Manly are without uh, Watmo, who had uh, like a hyperextension of his leg, and I think they're just giving him a precautionary rest for a week just to make sure he's right for the business end of the season. But Justin Horro returns to the side, which is good. And um, other than that, you know, fairly settled. Um, you know, Hassan and Rose on the bench, I mean, it's Pretty much just a straight swap, I think, for uh, between Watmo and, and Horro, and then Jamie Bure will then uh, move into the 11 to start uh, in place of Watmo. Uh, you know, a fairly settled side. Uh, I don't think it's going to change a heck of a lot with Watmo not being there. Obviously, he's a fantastic player, but um, I think the key combinations that exist in the side, like, you know, four into Horro and, you know, the entire right-hand side in attack, you know, they're all in place. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be too bad. I mean, obviously, Watmo has these games where he just goes goes ballistic and makes all these fucking meters and, you know, destroys other teams. And I don't think Bureau's got that kind of game in him, but I don't think it's a, a you know, a gigantic loss, you know, overall, as far as the attacking combinations are concerned, anyway. Fair enough. Uh, Inglis is back for the Bunnies, as yep. is John Sutton. Um, yeah, I thought Sutton had another week, so I wonder, I mean, if you look at the... Uh, has been named, but... Um, they got a 19-man. Extended bench, <laughs> Yeah, so. very extended. Um... But that, that a very extended bench could just be there to, to accommodate the, uh, George Burgess's uh, penis. third league. Oh, yeah, okay, penis. Um, you guys going to come straight out with it, okay? Yeah, why not? It's going to be a very tough game. And um, we spoke earlier about the Rabbitohs having to overcome adversity um, to get to where they want to be this season. Um, I think if this was a finals game, I, I would definitely... I think the, the, the Seagulls would be unbackable. Um, I think you could, you couldn't really uh, deny them a victory in a finals game. In this one, um, I think Rabbitohs might squeak out a win. Yeah, they squeaked out a win the first time they met the season, but that was when Manly was going a lot worse than they than they are now. I, you know, probably Brett Stewart wasn't playing. Glenn Stewart, if he was playing, he was playing like spastic. Um, so I think it's a different Manly side. And and after all that, they only lost. You know, based on you know the ref's fault situation there, where uh, T Red was. Uh, wrongly denied a, a fair try which uh, would have put Manly right back in it so um, I think Manly looking for a bit of revenge uh, you know Blue Tongue Stadium is a fairly happy hunting ground uh, up there for Manly I mean you know we traditionally you know always take the Tigers out up there and generally we take the Rabbits out as well so I think you know Manly will win it I mean like it's not going to be massive it'll be 13 plus but not crazy um, but yeah an easy win to Manly no doubt about it next Saturday the early game Canberra Raiders taking on Doggies down there at Bruce Stadium. So uh, I think Raiders showed a lot of imp- improvement um, after the shellacking at the hands of Melbourne. Um, I think last week they 
displayed a bit more, um, a bit more of a competitive edge. And um, I think at home they're probably going to look at taking that another notch up. And um, I think they might just get over the top of the Bulldogs. Well, look, I mean, they're the Raiders, pretty ordinary against the Titans. Yeah, well, the Raiders came back, um, you know, from a a big ass kicking. B, they're not a particularly well, you know, good travelling side, and they did they did it up in Sydney as well, where they nearly knocked over the Chooks. Yeah. So you know, it was it was a big turnaround for them. But teams often have a big turnaround after they take a really bad beating. Um, Blake Ferguson, you know, he's back. What can he do? And then doggies, you've got to you know you've got to understand there as well. You know, no Barber, uh, no Cassiano, uh, no Eastwood. Uh, you know, they're, they're in a situation where guys like Tony Williams and Fanu can have to start. Mm. So you're yeah. gonna have to say the Raiders. Yeah, look, I think I think the doggies are are, are pretty much gone. But um, you know, I think the Raiders they need they need to get into the eight now. They've been, just been popped out on differential. Uh, doggies still there, but not impressive. Uh, you know, Canberra probably need it more. And, uh, you know, if Blake Ferguson can uh, back up his performance of last week, they've got every chance of doing it. And, you know, try and build another, you know, home record after having the last one so badly beaten out of them. Uh, next, we have the Cowboys versus the Titans up there at 1,300 teeth. Um, this one, well, geez, the Cowboys, super impressive of late. The Titans, back to winning again. Trying to write, uh, you know, bail, you know, sort of bail out some of the water out of a steadily sinking ship. But geez, Cowboys at home. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are a bit too impressive the last couple of weeks. Um, I can't really go past them, um, given the Titans have had two good wins in a row, but they haven't been to the same uh, level of opposition that the Cowboys will present to them in this game. I think they took some major strides. Um, in the last couple of weeks, the Cowboys, and um, they'll be looking to um, continue that on and, and get, get a, beat, a, a bit of a win over their fellow Queensland side. I think Cowboys will do it pretty easy, to be honest. That's what I'm calling, 13-plus. Another big performance from JT. Next, we have the St. George Illawarra Dragons taking on the Cronulla Sharks down at Wollongong. Once again, more you know teams affected. Nightingale has to go to fullback. Dugan gone for the rest of the year. And then, uh, what's his face? Is that fucking guy's name? Merrin. <laughs> That's the guy. Gone. <laughs> Merrin gone for the season as well. And those two guys, you know, week in, week out. I mean, Merrin has, has had some dumb shit in his game in the last couple of weeks. But traditionally, you know, Dugan and Merrin are the guys that are producing the big numbers week on week for these guys. Yeah, I'm going to say the um, given those notable absences, I think the Sharks will get them. Sharks are a much better side, you know, from you know across the entire field. Um, you know, Quinlan is doing well in seven, in in six, but you know the Dragons still haven't solved all their halves problems, and I don't think I think they've pretty much given up. You know, they've they've stopped trying to solve the halves problems. I wait till next year and hope that Widdop can do it for them. You know, sure. But yeah, drink water on the bench. So I guess what they're going to do is like you know roll him in as a bit of a replacement hooker. I mean, you don't replace your heartback through the course of a game. You wouldn't think so, unless he's playing like Nathan Fien. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you replace him before they run on. In this case, anyway, I think the Sharks will win it easy. They'll get back on the... I mean, they weren't bad against against the Knights. They had it stolen off them late in a tough game. And I think, uh, you know, the Dragons will give them, you know, pretty much the opposite of that. Yeah, um, I think the, uh, the Sharks by plenty. Okay. New Zealand Warriors taking on the Penrith Panthers over there at Mount Smart. Uh, Warriors by how many? Yeah, you think? Yeah, fucking oath. Warriors, um, you know, 
I guess they Penrith, need it. Penrith, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, Penrith aren't, aren't without a hope either of, you know, of finals action if they can, you know, keep winning. Warriors, I mean, you know, they're not a bad side though. Just, the, you know, against Manly, I mean, how good can you look against, you know, the, you know, the, the true team of destiny? Multiple premiership winning dynasty. Oh, God. Do you ever stop? No. Um, yeah, I can't really see the Panthers getting it done away from home. I think the Warriors will be too strong. They'll go an extra leg out there and, um, I think they'll um, get over the top of the Panthers 13 plus. You see, Conrad Harold is fucking rolling through people last week. Like, he's, he's trundled down the fucking right hand side and rolled over the top of, you know, Four and Matai and Tafur. And I mean, you know, I can't see any of these little kids like me and Moylan and stuff here being able to stop him if he gets a run on. No. Okay. Newcastle Knights taking on Storm at Hunter Stadium, which is the happy hunting ground for the Knights, I suppose, uh, if you exclude that spastic draw they had against the Broncos um, you know Knights are a team building but Storm are a team that's fucking peaking at the moment yeah I think the Storm too much talent in their side even though the um, they're not, Knights are at home and um, they have had a couple of good performances the last few weeks I think Storm will still be just too good to get over uh, and get over the top of them probably 1-12 to 12. I don't think they'll do it 13 plus Will Chambers named inside. And you just have to wonder, you know. Still reeling from reeling. the Christmas group. Yeah, exactly. Gallon grabbing his wheels. All right. And Monday night foot bitch. I don't have both sides for this, but, you know, for once, it's not your side that's missing. Uh, the West Tigers take on the Sydney Roosters. And Moore Park, you know, kind of a home ground. Well, I think you guys are the home team for this game, even though it's, you know, Roosters' mm. home ground. So, yeah, go figure. Um, you know, this side... The only thing I can say is that there are two major points, I think, to be made about the side this week for the West Tigers. One, Benji Marshall is still in the side. Yeah. Week on week. I would, if, they don't, if they don't ditch his ass at 199 and prevent that 200 milestone, I'll go down, I'll go down there and fucking shoot him myself. <laughs> Dead set. It's harsh. But the other thing for you, the return, Lottie Takiri in number five jersey. He's back waiting. to save the day. I've been waiting for this day uh, for Lottie to reach out, take my hand and lead me to Premiership Destiny um, or try and avoid the Spoon Destiny, whichever whichever takes your fancy. Um, even with the return of Lockie, of Lockie, even the return of Lockie probably couldn't help the Tigers. No, that's right. Um, <laughs> but thankfully we've got Benji Marshall um, and Lottie Takiri back to his uh, rightful place on the wing for the Tigers at least for three or four more games and um, hat trick for Lottie oh look I'm not going to call the man for a hat trick it's his first game back for for a long time let's wait till next week you call him for a hat trick in his first game back in the NRL well that is true back in 2010 very nearly got there Um, I'd, I'd say the Tigers in a very very close one Look, I haven't got the Roosters team in front of me, but I don't need to have the Roosters team in front of me to know that they're going to roll over the Tigers <laughs> probably by 19 plus. This could be anything in the vicinity of you know 40 to 40 to six kind of uh, kind of ratio. Um, you know, Benji's not interested. Lottie's probably very interested. I mean, he's probably playing for his future. I mean, I expect exactly. him to try very hard. It's good to get someone to get him the ball. That's the issue. The other thing that just concerns me concerns if you're going to be doing stuff on a rugby league field, Nathan. It's kind of important to have the ball. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, and, and uh, you know, him having the ball in his hands rather than the fucking hot dog vendor, you know, three rows back. <laughs> now, um, the other thing that concerns me about the Tiger side here, I'm looking at the side here. They've got a, yeah, 
20-man squad named. So who are the injury questions over? I mean, you've got your Yosefa there in 18. So I presume that, you know, what is, what's the deal there? Are they going to leave Luani in there or is Yosefa going to pass a test late? And, and oh, I don't know what his plans are there. Um, Sean Spence and Matt Bell, they've obviously got some injury concerns in the forwards. Well, so you have to, mean, you have to worry, do you, you know, is, is there an issue with Galloway? Is there an issue with Adam Blair? I mean, of course there's issues with Adam Blair, but I mean, one that, you know, they won't name him in the side <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, unless they've named, you know, an executioner on the bench. I don't think that's going to solve that little, little issue. Yeah. Tigers. Pretty heavily defeated. Heavily defeated Tigers. Not as heavily as, not as, heavily as, as last week. Oh no, more heavy than last week. But not as crippling. But not as heavily as Manly to feed them on both occasions this year. Jeez. And that is full time for episode 133. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League and we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash this week in league. Hit the like button, spread the word, share the posts, all that good shit. And uh, yeah. Let's get us some more of those likes. I mean, we cracked our sort of interim goal of 2,000 many, many weeks in advance. I think we're like 2,060-something now at this point. So um, let's move on to a new goal. What's the new goal? 3,000 by, yeah. by round 26. Let's go. Another <laughs> iTunes, no new reviews this week. Very disappointed in all of you basically on that. Uh, fantasy. Sherwood Scorpions maintain their top position. It's close, though. They're only, what, 65 points ahead, so it's anyone's game at this stage. And only, like, you know, 100, 100 points back is uh, Cerberus. So we've got Sherwood Scorpions, Mighty Bulldogs, Cerberus, Dane Laurie for PM, all these guys in striking distance at the top. Uh, El Ducho's Dopers also. Uh, Toto's Terrors also. Uh, Jolly As also. All these guys are actually, like, they're only within, like, sort of four or 500 points. Uh, Greendale Goblins, MC Willie Blocked, and Lucky Punks. All those guys are, you know, from... from First to tenth, it's uh, not even five hundred points. So I guess you know a big round could be anybody's tipping. Now, I'm actually it depresses me looking at the tipping. Um, <laughs> not not because I forgot to put my tips in. Lost save my tips last week and only got three because given the away teams. But we've got a three way tie at the top. This competition is anybody's at this stage. We have Desi's Ducks. We have Williams, 277, and Boxcar Jason all on top at 119 points. It's only differential. And in fact, the differential is so close between them. It's only 18 points. Now, uh, next, we have Ben Diggity, Voodoo Rock, and Troy Schroeder on 118 points. So that's six people within one point at the top. Jesus. One point back, we have Lynn on 117. So that's seven people within two points. So that's... Literally striking distance for all those guys. Then a little further back, on 115, we've got Big Dan and Animal NZ. And then on 114, uh, taking out the 10th and 11th place at the moment is Dougie and uh, Bendham like Fooey Fooey. Um, so it's anybody's. And now the real Jedi, who led by up to four points. Spectacular not fade that, out. Not that long ago. He, uh, real Jedi in decline. About, fifth, if you will. about 15th. I mean, this guy's plummeted faster than the Tigers ever could dream. <laughs> um, shop. Still got minor, minor stock of the Revelation shirt, hats and stubby coolers. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash online hyphen shop because uh, we're clearing that stuff out. Of course, if you grab the uh, Revelation shirt, it's half price. I think it's only 20 bucks now. And uh, if you spend 50 bucks, you get a stubby cooler thrown in there as well. Tigers in decline great shirt. Great value for great product, Nathan. It is, it is. But you know what's great value? The Tigers in decline shirt. Have the DHL tracking info open right in front of me. And uh, the shirt's in Brisbane. 
So I imagine they're going to be in my hands tomorrow morning on the first fucking truck out. So I can't That's wait. Some shit. I can't wait to have a have the, the shirt in my hands and on my body and just just caressing it and just feeling. Guess feeling that the means fabric. I'm going to have to come pick them up on the weekend. Well, I think what will happen is I mean, there's a lot of orders the the people that ordered shirts without accompanying stuff. And those ones will probably go out, but then the other ones will probably have to wait. If you've ordered like Stubby Coolers and like all Revelation shirts and stuff, which people definitely did, along with the Tigers and the Klein shirt, then they'll probably go out over the weekend. But um, I will attempt to get the other ones out. You know, if they arrive tomorrow, like I'm expecting, provided there's no like fucking massive, you know, hold up somewhere at the depot for DHL. I don't know why there would be, but uh, in any case, I'll hopefully try and get them out like you know, sort of Wednesday, Thursday, as you listen to the show. So it's exciting. I can't fucking wait. I can wait. And, we, and basically, once they're dispatched, boom, we turn out our attention to the undefeated asterisk shirt. If anyone has any ideas for the shirt, you're listening to it. We only started sort of talking about possible design sort of, you know, features and that tonight. So uh, by all means, send us through uh, any ideas you may have and uh, we'll sort of take them under advisement and design will, you know, come out over the next probably week and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have something to announce next week. Now, there's an initiative I can get behind. Exactly. It's about time you had something go your way, mate. Exactly right. So there you go. I like the way you think. There you go. See, look at the way I'm, I'm happy to look after you. And that's it. That's all we've got time for. See you next week. See ya. Sorry, before we leave, one more thing. I forgot what I was saying in the email earlier about the, the bald team. The, yes. The bald. Riz. That's Rizby. Riz666 on Twitter. So everyone throw him follow. He was the one that sent that email through. Well, I thought that was a really good idea, but now I know it's from him. It's fucking shit. Yeah, so I just had... I just, Go I, back and do it. I just remembered. So just, line through just it. Have to, yeah, just have to give him a shout out. And I'm... Um, one other thing I thought as we were, as we were going through the show is that um, the way that Benji's been behaving <laughs> lately, it's not especially great, and the Tigers fans are, are hating on him. And I've had this song that I've wanted to use on this podcast since day one. We've done it, and now it literally has. We have someone Ben who's actually you know being a, an absolute asshole. The song finally fits, so uh, enjoy this as well as we go to the closing credits. <laughs> Thank you.